three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman, from the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood 616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican, JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to Vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right here. Episode 32 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror is coming at you live right here, right now. I am your host, Mood616, or you can just call me Moods. And, of course, I've got my hetero life mates with me, as always, Double Shot J, also known as JP, and NES Ruler 22 who is actually not with us tonight. Spooky. Yeah. It is very, very spooky. Yes, uh, Jeremy is not on the show tonight because he is celebrating his 21st birthday. So happy birthday, buddy. Have a happy good time. Happy birthday, man. Definitely better have a good time for missing the show, of course. I mean, it's a legitimate reason. You oh, know, hell yeah. You know, you only turn 21 once. It's a, it's a great age, you know. Yeah, but if he Enjoy doesn't it. have a good time, then then it's bad. Exactly. Then you should have never missed the show because this, this here – this is always a good time. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> but yes, we wish Jeremy uh, all the best for tonight and stuff. Um, yeah, happy 21st. Alrighty, so um, the past week. What went down in the past week in my life? Um, basically nothing. Been working a lot. You know, this new schedule I've been working on has been really irritating, a little frustrating because I don't get to watch as many films as I used to. And, you know, come podcast time, I'm like looking at my what my what I watched list and it's like getting shorter every week. Wow. It's 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 really starting to annoy me a little bit. But, you know, I'm trying my best to get some of those things watched. But nothing really exciting happened this past week. You know, today was a really kind of interesting and sad day in NFL football because I just had way too many losses in my uh, in the pick'em league. Oh man, I, I mean, I are you? I think you're ahead of me now. So I mean, I'm. I've just embarrassed myself this season. Oh man, this today was such an unbelievable day. Like Denver losing, you know, to St. Louis, and you know, Cincinnati beating uh, New Orleans. Like just so many games. Cleveland losing this week, which I thought was, you know, kind of a. Yeah, you that know, was I, that was definitely surprising. Yeah, I know. So you know, things like that. I took it's, a gamble. I took a huge, huge gamble with picking Minnesota. Of course, you guys were all laughing at me over, um, you know, Chicago. And yeah. it, at first, it looked like it was actually going to work out. Minnesota was up ten nothing, and then of course blew that lead. But I know, you know I, I was, was like, "Whoa, I was stupid, damn Bears." <laughs> but then you know, I started off bad from the from the uh, Thursday night game by picking Buffalo. I know. Uh, oh, damn it. Uh, and then for everybody out there that doesn't know, Buffalo is my favorite team. And I actually picked against them this week because I figured Miami's been rolling. They've been playing some really, really good football. They've been tough. So, and you know, they really did take it to Buffalo on Thursday. It's kind of depressing actually, but yeah, all the three of down. our favorite teams, Chicago, which is Jeremy's favorite team, Pittsburgh, which is obviously my favorite team. And, you know, Buffalo, which is your favorite team are 
constantly screwing all three of us. I know. It's just insane. You know, Buffalo's dropped to five and five now and it's just, ugh, they're done. They're done. That division's tough too. Miami, you know, of course, New England, but. Well, just with really Cleveland hard to losing today, we still have life in our division, but I mean, damn, like, Losing to the Jets was just that. It just is embarrassing. It's it's a terrible loss. Last it is a week. bad loss. That is a terrible loss. The Jets are a really, really a bad. They're they're actually a bad team. Yeah, you know? they're not good. So that is a little bit embarrassing. But yeah. So how'd your week go? Uh, well, my week it was pretty slow. Honestly, I didn't do much. I decided to kind of chill out. Um, I did watch one film that was like three hours long, so I watched it in segments at night. Oh, yeah, The Langoliers. I haven't watched The Langoliers in, uh, man, a long time. <laughs> yeah, so besides that, I didn't really watch much because I, I was just kind of taking a break from, uh, you know, working on the website and, you know, all that stuff. And I was just kind of chilling and watching some, you know, TV for once. Uh, but I didn't really do much. Mm hmm. Yeah, I know. Uh, this new work schedule, like I said before, has been, it's, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm used to it. I'm just not used to like not having as much time during the week, you know? You know, I work Monday through Thursday, so I have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, which is awesome. But I'm really busy on my days off because I don't get anything done during the week. So, you know, come movie time, it's a little more scarce. Ah, so frustrating. Cause, you know, the, the movies are starting to pile up, you know, how, you know how I do it with my buying, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just go excessive. So they're starting to pile up a little bit, and it's very uh, – it's kind of disheartening. But eh, it is what it is. But, you know, I'll eventually get to them. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I am. I mean I, I haven't did like an official count or anything, and a lot of my stuff is packed away still. But mm-hmm. I would I would probably bet that I have over 150 films that I've still not watched, and that's a lot for me because my scale of buying is is way smaller than your scale of buying. So I've kind of made this little thing where I'm not gonna buy anything except for Scream Factories and specific films that we're reviewing on the podcast until I get this stack a little lower. Yeah, no doubt, right? No doubt. So. Of course, we do have a pretty big announcement to make for the people out there that don't know. Um, well, you might as well do the honors, JP. All right. Well, a few, I don't know, months, weeks, probably months ago, I, I, I asked the the Facebook page, which if you're not a member, definitely get on that. I mean, you're, you're behind on that, guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I highly recommend that group. It's one of the funnest things ever. But I asked, like, should we create an official website for our podcast? And um, – it seemed pretty unanimous. You know, why do I always have such a hard time saying that word? Unanimously, unanimous? <laughs> uh, oh. agreeing for the uh, the the website, and I just decided to try it out. And I was, you know, hard at work trying to figure out what uh, how we wanted to lay it out. We wanted to keep it simple. I talked to you guys. You guys wanted to keep it simple as well, and you know, kind of just. Mainly, at first, it was sort of just an archives for our uh, episodes, but you know, then we decided to add the Hall of Fame thing to it and a you know ratings list where we we have all of our films that are rated and you know links to the episodes that we talked about them on, and that's just kind of the beginning. We plan on you know having you know written reviews from you and Jeremy and possibly other people uh news stuff i already have um 
you know, di- different distribution companies sending me press releases. So we'll be able to announce, you know, cool little, uh, you know, DVDs and stuff coming out. I mean, it, it should be really, really fun. Um, and it definitely should be something that you probably bookmark, uh, all the listeners out there, because I feel like we're going to have a lot of content on there and it's yeah, going to yeah. be awesome, but it is mm-hmm. the 22 shots of moods and horror or it's 22 shots of moods and horror.com. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you really can't forget that. I mean, if you know the podcast name, type it in dot com. Yeah. So, um, right now it still is under construction. Uh, I plan on trying to get the ratings up next. I mean, that is, that's a huge long process because first I had to go find all of them. I copied them down. Um, I had to go listen to all the old shows. I'm sure I missed a few here and there, but I have probably, I would say 95% of all the films we've ever rated. Um, and it's going to be in an alphabetical order type thing where you click Mm -hmm. on A's. If you want to see all the films with A's, of course we skip the word the and a, or, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, no, it's, it's it's definitely coming along. I was looking at it last night and I was, I was just blown away by like, you know, I clicked on the letter a and there must've been like 40 films in there. Oh, I I think, man. I think we've uh, rated about 400 films Wow! so uh, throughout the uh, 31 episodes. Uh, I do know that um, some of the – I had it to where we was – I would put all three of our names and then just the person who rated it or if two of us rated it. But I decided I'm going to take out the names that didn't rate it because it kind of cleans it up and makes it a little nicer. Um, So – That'll be like that. I also, I was really kind of, you know, I don't want to sound cocky, but, you know, patting myself on the back a little bit that I was even able to do this because I went in like not knowing like anything. I did find an easy way to do it, but I actually like the way that the episodes are laid out with the uh, theatrical posters and then the player, the download link, the show notes. Like I actually really, really like that form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I thought it looked fantastic i showed the wife last night and she was just blown away by the you know the structure of it and just how easy it was to navigate around and it looks fantastic it's perfect yeah i mean it does cost a little bit of money to do all these different things that we're doing but we you know we chip in and uh we work it out and uh this particular thing the um the way that we have uh all the uh, episodes listen and stuff the the way that we went about doing this it also comes with a mobile version of the site um so it is kind of uh it's a it's not perfect but it, it does have a pretty solid um functionality on the mobile version of the site so i know everybody likes to use their phones and stuff um so it's not perfect but it, it does work pretty okay Hmm. yeah it's awesome man yeah i did a really good job with that man you know, you deserve the pat on the back. It's a <laughs> lot of work. I mean, especially like, you know, like I said, with those individual, like the review ratings and stuff, I was like, wow. Like I clicked on the first few letters and I was like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. But you still have like another 20 letters to go. It's just mm-hmm. ridiculous. And it's funny because like, like you do like a letter, like, uh, you know, E and it's like small. And then you look at like, uh, S or T and it's like, oh my God, there's so many films that start with that letter. <laughs> You know, honestly, the, there will be a few letters that there's not that many, like X and Y and Z. I, I don't think there's that many. Yeah, right? I don't so even know if we have a film that started with an X, to be honest. Probably not. That's actually a really scarce letter for films. 
Um, but yeah, you know, definitely everybody out there, go check it out, man. It's, it's really awesome, you know, help support and, stuff. You know, we got lots of good stuff coming. I think we're, you know, probably going to, you know, eventually post like certain type of videos on there from, you know, our channels and whatnot, you know, I, you know, what I was thinking was more like, you know, collection overviews and, you know, just for like, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, for film companies, like I actually just uploaded a video for Synapse Films yesterday. I think that would be kind of cool, you know, it's a showcase on there, but. Yeah, and and there will be all kind of content. You know, it, it's a slowly building process, but uh, you know, top ten lists that that you know in written form, stuff like that, uh, opinion uh, articles. Uh, I was thinking about you know doing some exclusive stuff specifically for the website um, that would be kind of fun. Uh, oh man, there was there was some other ideas that I had that that you know I was throwing around in my head. Um, you know, we'll keep some of the the stuff a little, you know, secret for now until we figure out if we're going to do it or not. But I, I really do think that um, this could be like a great place to go for like all things horror. Like you said, the videos, um, you know, uh, post some of our videos from our channels. And, uh, you know, even if there's, you know, we find the uh, one of the uh, listeners or one of the people we follow on YouTube posts a really great video. Why not share it on the site as well? You know? Mm-hmm, exactly uh, and, and that's kind of what i was leaning at too you know yeah and also you know it will greatly help if anybody sees any content that's interesting um like maybe some uh horror fan made an awesome short film or something you know email that to us we'll get it we'll, you know then we can always have like uh you know more reach in terms of what we can acquire in, in content and stuff like that Exactly, exactly. So, That's a good idea, having little short films and stuff on there. Might as well support those little guys, right? Yeah, and uh, definitely. So if you you know, if you know have any ideas or thoughts or opinions on stuff that we can post, definitely email us at 22shotsandmoodsandhorror.gmail.com or you know, Moods' YouTube channel, the Facebook group, Twitter, anywhere you can get a hold of us. We always see it. Exactly. Well, yeah. not always, but we try to always see it. Sometimes <laughs> technology screws us. Yeah, it's it's definitely happened in the past where we've missed, you know, questions and stuff due to, ugh, I don't know. I, I don't even know what the hell that was about. <laughs> we missed all those questions in those couple shows there. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was weird. It was so weird because, like, they weren't even on the on my channel. It was, I don't know. It was just so weird. But, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror website. Um just fantastic, fantastic stuff. So, head on over, check it out. Alrighty, so yeah, that's gonna do it for the uh, the website talk. Uh, JP, we apparently have quite a bit of news this week. It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life. Death in Holland, America. Yes, we do. We have a solid amount of news. I was actually surprised. None of it is like groundbreaking, like like huge announcements, but um, a lot of DVD announcements actually, like films being picked up for dis- distribution and stuff like that. Uh, and there's a few interesting topics in here so uh first up we have the scream tv show 
a while back we talked about the the uh, ma- I mean we've talked about this a lot. This seems to be always in the headlines, but uh, we talked that the mask there was some rights issues with it. Well, apparently the creators are saying that's not true. They just decided to go away from that mask. They're still going to have a mask, but it's going to be a darker, almost grounded, evolved version of the mask. They say that they kind of wanted to think about uh, what is the purpose of the mask? Where did the mask come from? This and that. How did it evolve? Um, you know, just a bunch of stuff. Take away the plastic look. Make it more uh, dark and organic. And f- to me, it just sounds. And other people are reporting this too. Kind of sounds like they're going like Leatherface style with like a flesh mask or something. I don't really understand the the point of changing it because when you think of Scream, you think of that ghostly white plastic mask, don't you? Yes, I will say when I mean, Scream Four was being made. After it came out, there was um, not concept art, but there was um, photos of masks that they was going to also use in the film. There was a really cool – I think it was like a bloody one, but the coolest one was like a burlap sack mask in that shape. It it looked like a scarecrow mask and it was really awesome. I was like they should have used (laughs) these in the film like along with the classic white one. But why couldn't there be you know multiple – masked killers you know there was multiple killers in most of the scream films and mm-hmm. um you know what like that would have been kind of interesting but this they're like i don't understand it, it sounds a little fishy to me to be honest and they kept saying how they want to uh you know scream was incredibly iconic they don't want to go too far away from williamson and craven's uh ideas but they want to make it new and fresh and like it's all like they're basically saying like like they're probably not gonna do what scream really is but they're saying that they don't want to disrespect that what people like about it so they're trying to hold on to the old fans but it seems to me that they're that's just the uh okay okay so they're not trying to disrespect the fans and you know and blah 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 but they're changing the mask (laughs) i mean honestly I I, i i honestly think that's very odd that they would say that because changing the mask to me just changes everything about it. You know, it doesn't, it wouldn't even have that same feel to me. I mean, I, I guess it's kind of hard to judge it right now. I should probably reserve my judgments, but you know, before I actually see an episode, but uh, to me, it just seems like they are straying away from, you know, Williamson and, and Craven's visions and what they did with the screen films. Yeah, I, I kind of agree, but I will play devil's advocate a little bit because there is a film uh, from the 80s that did the best thing in the world by changing the mask, and that was Friday the 13th Part 3. Because mm-hmm. they went away from the burlap sack to the hockey mask, right? So, I mean, it can be beneficial, um, but, you know, the, also the uh, burlap sack wasn't as iconic. It it didn't last four films. It It would be like... Yeah, and that's kind of where I was going with that one, too. You know, I mean, you can compare the two, but at the same time, it was, you know, a film and a half or whatever. And I mean, I mean, the Scream, like, honestly, when I think of the Scream films and you think of Ghostface, you think of that outfit, Mm -hmm. you know, that black cape with that white, you know, ghostly plastic mask. Like, I mean, you know, if they're going to go to like a leather face type thing, I think it's really going to change it. And I mean, I don't even really fully know what the structure of the Scream show is going to be like. Is it like structured like a half an hour type show? 
I have no idea. I'm, I'm actually – I think it might be an hour. I can't remember that. I think they announced it a while back. Um, mm. But you know what? I'll tell you the difference there. So I'll play devil advocate with myself now. Uh, Jason is iconic. It wasn't just the hockey mask, right? Jason was the iconic character. Now, Scream doesn't have that because – it's multiple killers, right? So technically, what your the the carryover is the mask, right? Because you know, obviously, it's the characters that carry over into the series, but but the the main iconicness of it is the mask because there's nothing else besides you know just the uh, you know precisely prota- I, uh, protagonists. Precisely, I completely agree with that. You know, I mean, like I said, Scream is that ghostly plastic shitty mask. <laughs> you know that's so. what that's what it gives it its its charm and its flavor is that mask i think changing it changes the whole just you know it just changes everything you know you can call the show scream but it's not gonna be the same you know yeah I, I'm, I'm really curious to see what they do with this show though if they're gonna have like multiple killers or you know if they kind of structure the same as the well, films and and whatnot like i'm actually kind of curious to see what they do with you this. know what i'm curious about scream is a slasher film okay mm-hmm. we've never seen a slasher film in a long format like like a tv series like how does that work like are you gonna wait till the last episode to reveal the killer is it like I don't know how it's going to work. So I well, am actually pretty curious I mean, to see that, this. That's pretty much why I asked the question like what is the structure of the show? Like how is this going to work? Because you're right. Like I mean a slasher film works good in a 90 minute form. You know, like or the slasher idea works good in like, you know, 90 minutes, but how do you spread it out over like, you know, 13 episodes? Yeah. You know, it's like it is actually quite an interesting, you know, thought. I'd like to see what they do with it. I mean, I think it could either really work or it could fail miserably. You know, I, I just, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so next up, we have a bit of Argento news. Um, I, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but Argento was trying to get together another film, and it's called Sandman. Have you heard of this? Yeah. Okay, so um, they actually released a synopsis for the film, and I guess it follows a character by the name of Nathan who is a young city boy a young student in the city who struggles to forget his childhood childhood trauma at the that where he's seen a uh killer dubbed the Sandman um and he kind of I guess he kind of like uh like killed him but then now he's back it was years ago on Christmas Eve and he witnesses a murder of his mother I guess he kind of kills it but then like now when he's a, a a student a young student he sees a beautiful woman who lives across uh, the street be murdered by the same mass killer so now it kind of uh, throws him into this crazy thing and there's buried secrets and christmas is coming and so is the sandman <laughs> hmm. sounds kind of interesting it almost sounds kind of like a throwback like i i kind of picture this as like like um almost like a uh like eyes of the stranger type or someone's watching me carpenter that carpenter film kind of sounds like this a bit but it's set on christmas like i think this could be fun but does argento still have the the tools yeah you know that's the thing right like argento's later films have been you know (laughs) almost laughable a little bit so i mean this idea does sound pretty cool um i mean it kind of sounds like you know he's trying to do something that he that he 
that he's really well at doing is like, you know, kind of like a slasher giallo type film, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, honestly, I think it could work because, I mean, he's done these type of films very well in the past. I mean, it's just really about, I guess, his direction and really casting in, on this, but, and not in, and really not having, you know, any cheesy moments and stuff. I think with some of his later films, he, he just, he's not capturing what he used or, to be able to capture. Yeah. You know, like he would have like these moments in his newer films where it's just, it's almost laughable. You know, it's yeah. almost like it, like those cheesy moments shouldn't be in the type of film that he's doing. You know what I'm saying? And it just really doesn't work. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if this one's played straight faced and, you know, kind of well, goes see, with what it's supposed to do, you know, that investigative giallo type slasher feel mm-hmm. really dark atmosphere, like Argento can execute really well. I think it could really work. I, I do like the premise. So. Yeah, I do too. I, I like the idea of it being set on Christmas as well. You know, uh, me and you are both fantastic. suckers for that. Yeah. Um, but I'm actually craving the, the, mm-hmm. what you just said. Like we talked about it last week or the week before where I'm just kind of burnt out on the comedy horror and I just want raw, like serious slashers or something like that. And, and like, I feel like I'm, I'm like craving it in, in the world of horror. So like it, I definitely want it played straight faced and, and all those things you was saying, like, I just feel like there's not enough of it anymore. Um, yeah, there really isn't, you know, there's just way too much comedy and horror now. I mean, sometimes it does work and other times it completely doesn't, but then, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're pumping out so many like strictly, you know, comedy horror films. Yeah. You know, it's not even like a horror comedy. It's like a comedy horror. It's like, fuck, man. Let, let's see something straight faced. You know, Argento do this real dark giallo slasher, you know, and yeah, I mean, fuck, it's already got a good premise. It's set on a good time. So I don't know. I think it could work. Well, you're absolutely right that that mm. comedy horror type of slasher thing does work, like Hatchet and stuff, but I'm just burnt out on it. I, I just feel like the amount is just too much. Like it does work. Yeah. There, there's a place for it. I'm just burnt out on it. Like I'm even to the point where I'm like looking at the hatchet films, like, like, you know, like I I used to love these, but like, I'm just so burnt out on this style right now. I think the whole thing with the, you know, the comedy horror is that it's so much easier to get away with making, you know, horror comedy or comedy horror than it is to make a straight faced horror film. Because when you make a straight faced horror film, you know, you're kind of vulnerable, right? Well, it is because if it, if it doesn't work, then it just sucks, right? Yeah. But you know, you know, with like a horror comedy, like you can kind of get away with it a little bit. Like, oh yeah, the movies, you know, it's not really meant to be like an A plus film, you know. And some of the comedy works, some of it doesn't. And, and it it's just seems like it's more passable to people. You know, they, That's they're exactly like, I do what it is. You're you know, it's more right. passable. You know, with you know, if you're if something's supposed to be serious and it doesn't work, you're like, that movie fucking sucks straight up there's no in between ground with people yeah because you know because if if you're if your film fails as a slasher and you have comedy well at least you have the comedy to fall back on if you don't have any comedy and your film sucks then then there's nothing to fall back on it's just Mm -hmm. it's just whack yeah exactly and and i think that's why there's so many filmmakers doing i mean i hate to say it, but it's kind of a cop-out a little bit you know people aren't trying to make those serious ass horror films anymore i I mean i shouldn't you know i mean it's just it just seems like there's way more not straight-faced horror films. yeah i mean obviously there are straight-faced horror films there definitely is we're just saying compared to the amount of the silly stuff that we get there's not enough we want more of the old school like serious Mm. horror yeah I mean, honestly, I couldn't imagine Argento taking this idea and making it goofy, you know? Um, I mean, he's never really intentionally made goofy-ass films. I mean... The Sandman is played by Iggy Pop. 
Really? Iggy yeah. Pop? Wow. Fuck it, man. He's a he's an interesting looking character too. That I think that's pretty good casting. It's kind of freaky looking. So yeah. Um, so finally, on that, uh, this film is actually being financed via uh, crowds crowdfunding. So Indiegogo. Um, mm. And I found it to be pretty interesting because it's at 92% finance, racking up $151,310 out of this $165,000 goal with 16 days remaining uh, at the time of this recording. So it looks like they're probably going to get everything they ask for. Fuck, that's pretty good, man. Holy shit. Yeah. People are throwing down their money. I mean, it is Argento. I mean, honestly. Love like, Argento, I, dude. I actually didn't even know this was an uh, Indiegogo thing. Yeah, that's so kind of we'll, crazy. We'll throw the link down, you know, just so anybody who's you know wants to check it out can see what kind of perks they're offering and stuff. You know, I might have to throw. Uh, I might have to contribute to this. You know, I, I was actually thinking the other day. <laughs> I've contributed to like so many Indiegogo things and stuff, and I think I've forgotten about a bunch of them, and I never received anything. <laughs> yeah, probably because they didn't get made. <laughs> they probably never got made. Never got refunded, or not Indiegogo, or like. Is it Indiegogo? Indiegogo, get... they keep the money that they make. Exactly. Okay, that's cool. But yeah, what's the other one? The uh, forget actually. Yeah, the one where if they don't meet their goals, then the money just gets refunded to everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, I forget the name of that one, but yeah. yeah. But I know, I know for sure that I've you know I've contributed to things and just not gotten anything. Yeah, it's <laughs> <That's> so bad. <laughs> Should probably keep track of this, but yeah. All right. So next up, we have Ash versus Evil Dead. So Mm -hmm. talks of the fourth film have come to a halt because just like we always say, this is the new remake. Sam Raimi and stars are partnering to bring Evil Dead to TV. Uh, Basically, when a deadite plague threatens to destroy all mankind, Ash is finally forced to face his demons, personal and literal. Destiny, it turns out has no plans to release the unlikely hero from its evil grip. So, Evil Dead on television. These are going to be Bruce Campbell starring, Sam Raimi will direct the first episode, and the series is slated for 10 half-hour episodes set to debut in 2015, so right around the corner. And and that's all it's going to be, right? A TV show? Yeah, it's just, it's just going to be like 10 half-an-hour episodes? Yeah. Okay, and then that's done. So no, it's like a, no, it's a it's like a series. That's season one. It, unless oh, really? it fails. Oh wow! I thought they were actually doing kind of like a mini series kind of thing. You know? No, it's like an actual legit like like TV hmm. series. This is the new remake, dude. We talked about it many times. Like, these franchises hmm. are going to TV. I actually heard a rumor a while back that the Friday the Thirteenth re film that's coming out is actually going to tie into the planned tv series yeah yeah that's right this is actually getting kind of crazy with all these uh these shows coming to tv man it's pretty wild there's there's so much horror related uh content on tv now i know it's really it's really crazy and if you kind of look at it isn't that kind of where the serious horror is right now i mean they're not really that like comical it's kind of you know like american horror story and walking dead and Mm. uh the from dust till dawn tv series and all these other shows that are out there right now are kind of bates motel are all pretty much played straight faced and Mm. you know tv is nowhere near what it used to be in 
in in the eighties. It's it's far yeah, less yeah. cheesy. It's like they swapped. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, the, so I'm curious. There's way more budget now too, right? So I'm curious on what Evil Dead we're gonna get here. Are we gonna get Evil Dead or are we gonna get the Evil Dead Two? Or are we gonna you know get Army of Darkness? Or Army of Darkness? Like, I mean, honestly, like I prefer the Evil Dead, like the original film, over Part Two. I know a lot of people like the comical elements of Part Two. I love Evil Dead too, but um, I personally, you know, always lean towards the original one because I like it's a little more straight face. It was meant to be a terrifying horror film, is what it was. Yeah, you know, Part Two was those elements, but very comedic. Well, um, I think so I, Evil Dead 2, the more that I watch it, I kind of get annoyed at at the slapstick. Mm-hmm. Like, like there is room for the, like, the comedy where it's disturbing, like, the deer head mm-hmm. laughing and stuff, but, the, the like, <laughs> yeah. it gets, like, slapsticky, and it's even worse in Army of Darkness. And um, I think there was a little bit more um, written on this, and I believe they did say something about the, uh, like, humor is going to be intact as well, so... Maybe Evil Dead Two ish. Um, I hope you they know, don't it, go full blown Army of Darkness. It does make kind of sense, though. I mean, Bruce Campbell is known for you know being a pretty comical dude, right? You know, I think if he went back to being like you know super serious Bruce, I, I don't know if it would fully work for everybody. So I can kind of see why they're leaning towards you know doing a little more comical side of the evil dead well it does make sense it is funny when bruce campbell gets hurt and stuff right i mean that that i'm fine with it's just the tone uh you know changes when it's like eye poking and stuff like that um but i don't see stars really going for the like army of darkness like three stooge-esque like slapstick i think they'll tame it down a little bit i'm sure it'll be there which i'm okay with i'm okay with their being um a certain amount or a certain level of of that humor because you know like you said bruce campbell it kind of fits the ash character that we see now um but i I do want it to be serious as well yeah totally Mm -hmm. okay so after that insidious chapter three uh i guess they're pushing it back a week so it's being released released June fifth now, um, instead of a week before that. Just a little yeah. update on that. I should probably, you know, watch Insidious two. <laughs> you know, no, what, I, man, I still haven't even picked it up. You know, it's pretty some, good. Yeah, you know, I mean, I still haven't even picked up the fucking movie. It, it's like really, really odd around here because I want to find. Insidious 2 on DVD because I bought the first one on DVD and I'm weird like that. Like if I I can't just have the first one on DVD and then buy the second one on Blu-ray. You know what I'm saying? I can't do it. I don't, I don't know. I'm I can like, do it sometimes. I, it's worse for me going from Blu-ray with the first one and then DVD to the second one. Like hmm. like I can go up. I, I don't like going down though. But you know, everywhere I find Insidious 2, the Blu-ray is way cheaper than the DVD. <laughs> So just I'm like, the the fuck? Ray. Yeah, I know maybe I should just fucking get rid of my insidious DVD and just upgrade it. Cause I think it goes for like five bucks brand new too. So just get them both on blue. Yeah. So <laughs> insidious chapter two, you've probably done the best thing possible by waiting because <laughs> I feel like when it was out with all the hype and you know, the conjuring was, it was right around the same time as the conjuring and stuff. I, 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 and the trailers dude killed insidious two for me because they showed all the scares in the trailers um, so waiting this, you know, long period of time, you know, a year plus, I think will do the mm-hmm. film justice for you because I I was kind of bitter by the fact that I, I 
I seen everything in the in the trailer and everybody was talking about it and stuff. So uh, it kind of I never actually know. even watched the trailer. That's good. I ne- That's I never seen game. it once. I'm I'm actually getting really really fucking good with completely avoiding trailers. I am for too. anything. You know, I barely watch trailers at all. I mean, it is kind of easy to avoid a lot of trailers nowadays, especially like for theatrical films because I don't watch TV per se. So yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's a lot easier. But, you know, if someone posts up a trailer or whatnot, I generally do not watch them. So. Yeah, I, I'm kind of – I pick and choose. Like if there's something that's a little more um, – less serious, like, you know, like like a, a kind of a silly film, I'll check out the trailer. But if it's something I'm really looking forward to, I'm avoiding it like at all costs because I'm so tired of films being ruined for me by the trailers because they show so much footage. Oh, yeah. I mean that's – you know, the reason why I don't watch them. So it's just way too many films. I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Who cut this shit together? <laughs> yeah. It's just so poorly done nowadays. Fucking mm-hmm. horrible. So after that, we have uh, M. Night Shyamalan. I think that's how you say it. Mm. Uh, he is doing another kind of horror film, I guess. Uh, Universal set a release date for... His new film, The Visit, which the release date is September 11th, 2015. The Visit focuses on a brother and sister who are sent to their grandparents' remote Pennsylvania farm, where I'm from, uh, for a a week-long trip. Once the children discover that the elderly couple is involved in something deeply disturbing, they see their chance of getting back home are growing smaller every day. Yeah, I'm not Very a mysterious. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the director at all. In in fact, I actually don't even like like any of his films. I know that might be blasphemy to some people. I know some people really like uh Signs and, you know, even The Sixth Sense I know people really enjoy too, but I'm just not a fan of the guy's work, man, at all. He so. has to be the biggest rise and fall of any filmmaker ever, I think. Like that mm-hmm. guy was considered like the the second coming of like you know the best director in the world or something you know like he like he was i remember like oh, his first couple so... of films like everybody was like this guy is the next big thing and yeah. then he just bombed one after another after that i personally i've never actually seen the sixth sense but i've seen a couple of his films and i agree man i'm not a big fan either i think signs was effective on me when i was a kid and i seen it Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's really goddamn silly that these aliens can't open doors and like, it's just like, oh, it's, it's yeah. kind of, um, I know. I don't understand uh, the, why people like that film so much. I don't think it's that great at all. Um, another one that I watched by him is the village, um, which I, I didn't really care for either. You know, it's just, I don't know, man. It's the just, village is a he's very drama he's very, disguised as a horror film. Exactly. You know, he's a very, very overrated director. Yeah, but I actually think that people realize that now. (laughs) Like, I think a lot of, even the mainstream kind of are not, like, big on him anymore. There's a new TV series called South of Hell. Uh, You know, once again, going with the TV series. Uh, And it has something to do with um, a girl who lives in South Carolina. She's around 30 years old. Um, and she's an exorcist, I guess. What not that what it would be? Yeah, an exorcist. Uh, and she has a demon living inside her, and she's also battling other demons. Um, it doesn't really sound too appealing to me, but 
Eli Roth and Ty West will both be uh, directing episodes. Eli Roth was already attached, and now Ty West is attached. This is going to premiere on WeTV in the year 2015. Thoughts on that? So Ty West episode is going to be a real slow burner. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. You know, these whole exorcism possession type things, you know, they're so hit and miss. And I think we can all agree that they really are. There's some that are really poorly done and making a TV series out of it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know. But isn't it just insane how many TV series there is? It's almost like every week we're talking about a new horror TV series that's in the works. Man, horror, horror in general is just becoming super mainstream. This is crazy. It's like cool to have your own horror show on your network. You know, every network's got to get on it now. I mean, I even know. Fox is even Fox is getting in on it. This is insane. yeah. And I just heard recently that USA is getting in on it too. Wow. I mean, you know, next it's going to be like you know the Life Network or whatever. Lifetime. <laughs> Lifetime Network, and you know the Women's Network too. The Women's going to have like some type of you know pro woman fucking revenge type series or some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you I- know, it, I like it. I like it. But at the same time, like, I can't even keep up. Like, like, I'm, yeah, I feel like, I feel like these are all going to be like stuff that I'm Mm going to go and see, like, like after their run is done, you know, after they're all, all their episodes are done, I'm going to end up picking up like the Blu-rays or something, or in your case, the DVDs of all the seasons. And I'll go back and check out all these uh, millions of horror shows that came out in the last, like, you know, three years. I mean, let's be honest, though, really. I mean, how many of these shows are going to run more than, like, two seasons? Yeah. You know, I, I just can't see a lot of these ones actually working out too well. Like, you know, this exorcism-type show. I mean, it could work, but it might not at all. You know, it might not even last a season. Who knows? I don't know. I think it's kind of – it's almost like becoming oversaturated in TV right now. It's insane. I mean, yeah. it, it seems like every week there's another show being released and it's like, you know, the horror related TV shows are becoming like the new NCIS shows. Yeah. And we still don't have an anthology. I know. And that's so fucking bizarre, you know, considering we had so many of them back in the 80s and early 90s and stuff and not one. No one's brought this to the table. Yeah. Crazy. It's weird. So crazy. Definitely bizarre. Uh, so after that, we have Sony Pictures, who picked up a film called A Man in the Dark. This is a ghost house film, and it's directed by Fetty Alvarez, who you might be familiar with because yeah. he directed the Evil Dead remake. Mm. Um, this one follows uh, three teens who get away with a perfectly planned home robbery. Uh, they set their sights on another payout. Um, that will get them out of crime forever. Their target, a reclusive blind man with a million dollars in hiding. When they break into his home, the tables are turned and they find themselves fighting for survival against a psychopath with secrets of his own. Almost sounds a bit collectory and kind of like, I don't know, I, it sounds alright. Uh, you know, I like the Evil Dead remake more than you guys did, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fetty um, Alvarez definitely did a good job directing the Evil Dead remake, at least, right? Yeah, I, I had no problem with the direction of the film. You know, it was pretty well done. The effects were good in the film. Um, you know, I mean, I don't really want to sit here because we're going to get into like a 25-minute conversation about the Evil Dead remake. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, I mean, if he takes those elements, you know, good cinematography and, you know, good direct abilities good effects and stuff i think this could work 
You know, I mean, those are the type of things that you need in this type of film, though, right? So, yeah, and you know, um, not the most original idea, but it all that, depends on what you do with the idea. That's precisely what I was talking about. You know, the idea it's it's not that original, so you need to have some really good, you know, kind of direction and you know, create some awesome atmosphere, good effects and stuff to really make this one work, kind of stick out. You know, yeah, definitely. So. The whole like. A blind man with a million dollars in hiding sounds a bit cheesy to me. Almost like the uh, re- like the House on Haunted Hill like remake where it's like one million dollars to come in here. Like it just sounds like a bit gimmicky and cheesy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, so after that, this is like kind of the last of the of the news until we get to like the DVDs and stuff. But Universal plans to take their beloved monsters the universal classic monsters you know frankenstein the wolfman the mummy brad frankenstein invisible man the creature from the black lagoon all of those guys and they want to take them out of the horror genre and place them into the action adventure genre because they see what kind of universe uh marvel has created and they want to hop on that. They want to get some of that money. Damn um, you, Marvel and DC. Thank you for oversaturating the market with fucking Marvel films. And look what you've done. You've taken our horror fucking amazing characters and made them action heroes. I'm not very impressed with this. Yeah, they, you know, they said Dracula Untold will be the first in uh the new series which i haven't seen it i've heard mixed things about it then they're gonna go on to the mummy which is supposed to come out next year and then the wolfman and then creature from black lagoon and all the others will follow that and they will probably team up into a uh you know avengers-esque style at the end of all these oh my fucking god are you kidding me i hate this idea i They're hate it and i'm desecrating not... universal monsters fucking universal man what the fuck is wrong with them like these are classic horror characters that are just being fucking drugged through the fucking mud right now this is bullshit yeah well the thing is i'm not big into the classics i've i'm just not familiar with them but i hmm. know that i don't like my horror turned to action. I don't really like action horror to begin with. It works sometimes. I'm just not a fan of it. I don't think they blend very well most of the time. I much more prefer comedy horror, even though, you know, I've, I've been hating on that a little bit lately. Sci-fi horror, I love that stuff. I just don't, like, action and horror don't mix to me. So, but they're not even planning on making it, like, an action horror film. Like, they're turning the monsters into like essentially superheroes that's so fucking silly man it's just making me laugh it's so ridiculous like so ridiculous i mean can you picture frankenstein as a fucking superhero i mean honestly yeah i could like in like a comic like i can see it be like this spinoff like 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 somebody created a team of like superheroes that were like monsters or something but it's like don't take the actual like like source and turn it into that like you can do some kind of like like different film where you're like just kind of have like these characters but like when you're actually saying like we're taking those and now we're doing this with them that's when you really like really just kind of you know destroy the grave of of these like classic iconic characters 
Oh, I completely agree. I think this is, I think this is horseshit. It's like the, just, it's all about money right now. They don't even give a shit about the legacy or the characters. They're just creating, uh, just bullshit out of this, man. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about it. I mean, ever since it got announced, I've, all I've done is just shake my head at it. I'm just like, you know, I haven't really heard anyone say. Have you heard anyone say, yeah, I like this idea. I think this is really cool. Well, Rich kind of said that he, he liked I think he said he liked Dracula Untold, and he liked. Uh, but see, Rich really likes the comic book movies, and he really likes the uh, the like action stuff as well. Like, I, I'm mm-hmm. not a big fan of superhero films. Like, I like the X Men, and I like them in small doses. I don't give a damn about like how big the Avengers is. To me, I saw it, and I was like, yeah, it's like an action. Movie. Like, I'm not blown away by this type of stuff. It looks cool. Yeah, it's like a spectacle, but mm-hmm. like, I don't. I'm a horror fan. You know, I'm not. I'm not a superhero fan. I'm. I'm definitely not an action fan. Uh, you know, I like Die Hard, but I mean, I'm, I don't like getting. I don't get excited for new action films coming out. Like, and to see like these characters being look, look, hold up before we get into that let me actually there was a round table discussion on this um by the people at universal and and other people and stuff and here's actually a, l- a little um uh <laughs> i can't i can't even all right i'm gonna try to say this all right this is a little bit of the interview uh we don't have any capes they're referring to uh superheroes but what we do have is an incredible legacy in history with the monster characters. We've tried over the years to make monster movies unsuccessfully, actually. And we had an uh, epiphany, which is that the horror genre has a ceiling. It's not global. There's a reason why monster characters are enduring generation upon generation. So we took a good hard look at it and we settled upon an idea which is to take it out of the horror genre and put it into the action-adventure genre and make it present day. Bringing these incredible, rich, and complex characters into the present day and reimagine them and reintroduce them to a contemporary audience. Are you fucking kidding me? What a load of bullshit. What do you mean they they, they made monster food movies like unsuccessfully? Yeah, how because did, they how... made them action movies like the goddamn Mummy with Brendan Fraser. <laughs> yeah, I mean the old Van Helsing. You know, universal films were fantastic. You know, they can't say that they're those were unsuccessful. I mean, yeah, when you start fucking making mummy action films and starring, you know, casting Brendan Fraser as your lead. The, the, yeah, the, what they're you trying need, to you do need here, a punch in the fucking face for that shit, man. That's what ridiculous. they're trying to do here is make excuses. So they're saying we've tried to reboot them as 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 horror films, but they failed. No, they didn't fail because they yep. were just um, like horror isn't that interesting anymore. They failed because you didn't do a good job. Like the mm-hmm. Wolfman film, I haven't seen it. I know there are fans of it that the last Wolfman film. But from what I understand, the trailers look pretty CGI heavy, look like the same old shit. Like You know, there there is fans of that film. Personally, I thought it was a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> I, I saw it in the theater and actually I saw it with the wife and we both walked out of there. And it was kind of funny because I was on the string of, uh, you know, I, I'd been to the theater. You know, I think it was like the last five, six films I'd seen in the theater. I fucking hated every one of them. And, you know, that was kind of like the end of the road for me. And I was just like, what the fuck? Every time I go to the theater, there's a fucking movie I watch and it sucks. And, you know, that was one of them. I really didn't care for it. I, I do see why people could like it, but there was some pretty shitty CGI in it and stuff. And I didn't really care for the story. 
at all and stuff. It just wasn't interesting. But, but you are a hundred percent agree me when you say that is not like horror's fault. They're saying like the reason no. those films weren't successful is because horror has a ceiling and it can only go so far and people just aren't interested in horror films. Like, it drives me crazy that they're trying to say this. Like, no, like you're actually all, insulting. They're just trying to justify. It. They're just trying to fucking justify their their fucking ignorance, man. They're so fucking stupid. If they go out and actually ask people what they fucking really want, instead of sitting in a round table with fucking people wearing suits and ties and figuring out shit, like this is what fucking happens. When you I guarantee don't you, none of those people up your, are fans of horror or fans yeah. of the monsters. They need to fucking ask the real fucking people in the world, not these motherfuckers sitting with their suits and their ties and their stupid ignorant fucking ideas around a round table you know go out into the real world and really ask people you know make it dark and scary you know exactly. what just from this the trailers of the wolfman that that one we was talking about like it looks too stylized it looks too shiny it doesn't look dark enough like like i i did see some cool looking atmospheric stuff there with like fog and stuff like that but but then the problem is is they're not making it dark and horrific they're they're trying they've they've been doing this the whole time actually they've already mm-hmm. been going towards this way and that's why these films have failed they're just not any good if you mm-hmm. would if you, you can't blame your film failing because people aren't interested in horror that's the biggest line of bullshit i've ever heard the conjuring mm-hmm. just made so much money make a good horror film or at least one that can grab the attention of the masses and stop blaming it on people don't like horror because guess what people are not in lines at action adventure conventions okay mm-hmm. exactly i mean <laughs> i mean i mean look at the first thing you see when you you know when you fucking watch a trailer for the mummy you know you see brendan fraser and you're like Really? I mean, are people interested in that? I actually I mean, don't you... hate the mummy, but I like it, it not as a like a like I don't. Like casting's a big deal for me, though, man. I see somebody like that. I, I I don't think the guy's any good, to be honest. And you know, that's one of the points. You know, one of the reasons why I really. I mean, it's not just him about the film. I mean, I think the film is pretty shitty, to be honest. But um, I don't know, man. Casting and just <laughs> fucking. They got to stop with this shit, man. You're hurting it's, the legacy, man. You're you're yeah, literally it, it, that quote was so disrespectful, man. Mm-hmm. It really is, man. I mean, for the fans that really want this stuff, like they don't even fucking care. You know, that's just what it shows. You know, it's, it's all it, the bottom line. The bottom line is it's all about money. It it's is. all about money. They know if they make these huge ass blockbusters, they're gonna fucking bring in all the twelve year old girls and boys and stuff. They're gonna go want to see it. That's why they're making these things PG thirteen. <laughs> I guess it doesn't make any sense, right? Maybe thirteen, fourteen year old kids. You know, yeah. this is their target audience. They don't give a shit about you know the fucking well, the real fans and stuff. It's it's all the bottom line. It's about money. You know, yeah. these are they're, these are excuses that they're making to try and justify you know their new turn of you know where they're going with the with these monsters and stuff mm-hmm. you know they're just trying to justify it it's it, it's fucking all about money and they should have just said that instead yeah, of well, trying to insult our intelligence they, i mean not it, it's only fucking they're ridiculous. insulting our intelligence they're disrespecting the legacy they're disrespecting the 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 art that was created in those films they're disrespecting the monsters and most of all they're disrespecting horror fans which is hey hey don't do that yeah, man, it is totally disrespecting the characters. I mean, all these classic universal monsters, Dracula, Frankenstein. I mean, fuck, man. They're just being – now they're just like glorified fucking superheroes. What the fuck, man? It's not what they were meant mm-hmm. to be. You yeah. know, it's not what they're meant to be. 
So, I mean, I completely disagree with this. For anybody out there that, you know, disagrees with us, you know, that's fine. You're entitled to your own opinion, but this is our opinion. We say fuck this idea. I think it's stupid and it's ridiculous and I'm fucking pissed off and I'm actually getting all worked up right now because the more I think about it, it's just – absolutely aggravates me i've been watching a lot of you know older universe i i watch universal stuff all the time like the older films you know i'll pop them in and they're just so fucking awesome you know and this is almost this is very very disheartening what universal is doing with these you know these iconic classic characters yeah fuck um, you, universal definitely and i honestly don't think that many people will be disagreeing with us i, I really feel like the horror world is kind of up in arms about this because these are these are classics man these are these are like the foundations of horror and i don't i like it kind of worries me because like okay like what if it is successful which it it probably will be just because of the amount of the money that they're gonna put into uh marketing you know because when they have these ideas they put all or nothing in Uh, i hope it bombs um because i'm scared that that, like, are they gonna take my my Jasons or my Freddies and and turn them into action characters? You know, I don't, I don't want any of this. I want no part of this. Yeah, and, I want no part of that uh, either. I, I can't imagine you know Freddy <laughs> Freddy being an action hero. <laughs> yeah, they'll just be like, you know, what was a really good idea? Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five, Super Freddy. Why did they never continue that? Let, let's do a movie about Super Freddy. Oh, God. Oh, fuck, that's funny. Yeah, definitely. So that's about all there is on that. I don't even want to talk about this again. We'll probably never – I I probably won't even cover the news as these films come out unless they, you know, change their tune because I don't even want to talk about this silly shit. Mm -hmm. So moving on, uh, Jezebel. This is a supernatural thriller directed by – uh, the guy who did Saw 6 and 7, I believe, and uh, written by the guy who did Hell Baby and Night at the Museum. Uh, so this film is going to be hitting uh, DVD and Blu-ray uh, digital on January 13, 2015 from Lionsgate Home Entertainment. It follows uh, a girl going back to a childhood home in Louisiana to recuperate from a horrific accident. Jezebel comes face to face with a long tormented spirit that has been seeking her return and clearly has no intention of letting her escape. So this, this one sounds sort of like a ghostly, um, typical shit. And I think it actually might be PG 13. Oh, awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not sure about that. I just, when I was looking at films that were coming out this year, I thought I remembered seeing that one and seeing like PG thirteen next to it. Wow! Wow! Yep, that's pretty much it on that one, huh? <laughs> no, opinions. yeah, no, no. All right, so uh, next up we have a trio. That's right, I said trio of IFC uh, acquisitions. So first up, we have Ejecta. This one is a reclusive UFO conspiracy theorist. William Cassidy is taken prisoner by a secret government agency investigating the arrival of an alien life form. Through flashbacks, they uncover the terrifying details of what happened the night the alien returned and changed everything we thought we knew about the universe. Sounds interesting. I've seen Midnight. I'm always interested. Mm-hmm. And 
of course, you know, I, I kind of, I, I, I really like the idea of alien films, like horror films, um, like abductions and stuff, but I, I just feel like they, they're often underwhelming. So maybe this is a good one. After that, uh, they acquired Wormwood, or whatever it's called. Uh, it follows a mechanic <laughs> and a family as he struggles to rescue his sister, who is kidnapped by soldiers. On the eve of a zombie apocalypse, he sets out through the harsh, blood-spattered Australian bushland to battle both the undead and the military alike. Sounds like every other you know zombie film, military and the undead. Except for the uh, difference with this one that they've got it, you know, in the outback of Australia. Yeah, which could be cool. Um, but you know what? It's IFC Midnight. And, like, I know some of them are misses, but, like, actually when I think of IFC Midnight, I do think generally good films. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, they, they've, been, one. they've been doing such a good job with their releases in the last couple of years. Crazy, man. They've been pumping out so much good stuff. Yeah. Good company. And uh, the next one is uh, the next and final one is called Backcountry. This one actually sounds the most interesting to me. It follows Alex, who's a seasoned outdoorsman, uh, and his girlfriend, Jen, a corporate lawyer who is not. After much convincing and against her better judgment, she agrees to let him take her deep into uh, a park to one of his favorite spots, the scheduled Blackfoot Trail. Um, Essentially, you know, I'm not going to go through the whole plot, but essentially what happens is they start running out of food, they get lost, blah, blah, this happens, and there's a goddamn bear. So this sounds like survival horror, animal horror, all that good stuff, contained horror, all that stuff that I like rolled into one, so I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, man. You know, ah, they haven't made like a, a, a like a killer bear film in a while, you know, that I can think of, but yeah. that's always exciting. Yeah, I, awesome I definitely stuff. always like those, uh, those, those like contained horror films where it's in like kind of one location or those survival horror films. And I, I love the killer animals ones too. So th- this really is like a lot of the things I love. And all, what, what it kind of hinges on is A, the characters, they have to be well working together. You know, there has to be dialogue, there has to be drama, stuff like that charisma uh mm-hmm. then you have to you know you have to have some good setting right you have to have a good setting for this to work and three the bear has to look good or if you don't show the bear you have to make it suspenseful yeah do not cg that bear come on <laughs> yeah you know I, they used it, to do it in the one. 70s all the time and make it look awesome i i always love when you're watching grizzly <laughs> from the 70s and like the bear is supposed to be like 16 and a half feet tall and then like there's scenes where the, they, they're showing like you know an honest real bear and it's like clearly not that <laughs> tall <laughs> like it makes me laugh but those movies are, they have so much charm though so good yeah i i'm i'm, ex- I'm actually excited about that one i'm looking forward to backcountry that uh IFC plans to release that limited theatrically and BOD at a to-be-determined date. Cute. Next up, this one made me laugh when I seen the cover and the title and the star and that it exists. Um, so it looks like we got another um, little monster movie, and this is Gnome Alone. That's right. Gnome Alone. <laughs> 
I get it. I see what they did there. <laughs> okay, now now the fun. now the fucking topper here would be if Macaulay Culkin was actually starring in this. <laughs> no, but Vern Troyer, aka Mini Me oh. from Austin Powers, is starring as the gnome. As the gnome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is great. Yeah, this is going to hit DVD and VOD January 20th, 2015, when timid college student Zoe, Zoe witnesses a hit and run. The dying victim gives her a strange amulet. Suddenly, all, Dude, <laughs> all <I> those... <laughs> Go ahead. Gnome alone? Fuck you, I'm dying over here. <laughs> all those who've offended Zoe in her life begin dying horrible deaths at the hands of a malicious gnome. When Zoe discovers the horrible history behind the amulet... Will she be able to harness its magical power before the gnome begins killing those closest to her? Okay, man, you know somebody wrote this script just to get Vern Troyer back on the big screen. <laughs> this is not on <laughs> they the wrote big the, screen. They, but. Well, whatever, on your 50-inch, you know what I mean? But to get him back into films because the guy's writing, he's like, yeah, you know, I haven't seen Vern Troyer in anything in a long time. You know, so I'm going to write this movie about a, a gnome. Dude, I can't even imagine the, stars the, the writer who sits down and, you know, he types up Gnome Alone. And he's like, fuck, <laughs> what am I doing with my life? <laughs> like, he uh, got to write this movie called Gnome Alone. Are you serious? Oh, that is so good, man. Gnome Alone. <laughs> we can only hope that it'll be as good as, like, Skin or Hobgoblins. Or one of those yeah. little guy creatures. Or Blood Gnome. Oh my god, have you seen Blood Gnome? <laughs> I still have never seen that movie, no. Oh man. Yeah, so, I man, I just hope they make these little type of things forever. Because they're always usually bad. But, I mean, when you can have a collection of all these little, like, gnomes and... <laughs> <laughs> hobgoblins and Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> things. I mean, uh, yeah. it, it's just great to have a collection of all that stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, after that, Annabelle is hitting Blu-ray combo pack DVD digital HD January 20th of 2015. Cue. Well, yep. not really that cool, but you know. Yeah. You know, my so, thoughts on Annabelle. <laughs> finally, uh, Wrecker. This is a film that is going to be released by Exhilarator Media. They have acquired the distri- distribution rights at the uh, AFM, American Film Market. And this is a demonic truck horror thriller. It's called Wrecker. <laughs> the story awesome. follows best friends Emily and Leslie as they take a road trip to a music festival in the desert. Emily borrows her boyfriend's Mustang GT to make things exciting. But the party ends when they find themselves pursued by a seemingly psychotic truck driver who forces them to play a deadly game of cat and mouse with an unknown evil force bearing down on them and a long stretch of desert highway ahead. Their idyllic road trip becomes their worst nightmare. This is going to be put out by Exhilarator Media uh, under the uh, Macabre or Macabre. Uh, label so this is gonna hit uh summer of 2015 and uh you know that label i actually like that label i like the idea of that label at least um Mm -hmm. i've only seen a couple of their films but it seems like they grab some interesting stuff yeah they put out some pretty good stuff man you know some of it's not the greatest but most of it is actually pretty pretty good worth the watches so yeah so uh that that's pretty much it and you know 
I apologize for butchering all those synopsises. I normally don't write down the synopsis just because I know I'm going to suck at reading it, but I decided <laughs> to give it a shot this time. All right, so yeah, that's it for the news. There's quite a bit. There's quite a bit this week. You know, it's really hit and miss with the news lately. You know, some weeks you get none. You, you, other, you know, the following week you get like double the week from the week before. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that Universal Monster thing. I don't know. I th- I got a feeling that it's going to get brought up multiple times on here. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Jeremy missed a good one. I'm sure he, he would have put in some two cents on that one, too. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, so getting into mood swings here, we're going to start off with the uh, the bleh, the DVD and Blu-ray releases for, uh, what is it, November 18th. So this Tuesday coming up here. Um, first up, I've got a... Actually, I'm really, really excited for this. Um, I, you know, I, at first I was contemplating on upgrading this, but I think I'm going to because I do really like the cover art. And I know some people on the Facebook page, they completely disagreed with me. Um, but uh, Christmas Evil is coming out from uh, Vinegar Syndrome. Um, and, you know, Vinegar Syndrome Blu-rays are fucking fantastic looking. So I'm really excited to see the transfer on this. But Is that I the company that does porn on Blu-ray too? Uh, yeah, they put, you know, all their peep show type whatever. Um, DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff. Yeah, they, they they have like their you know their hardcore part of the label, but they put a lot of good stuff. Um, what do you think of this cover art? I actually like it, but you know, I don't know how well it represents the film because I've actually never seen the film. But how, how much is this this one running price wise? Uh, I think it's like eighteen or nineteen. Okay, I mean see, that's the, not bad. You know, I, I I've actually wanted to see this film, and I, that's a little worse actually. <laughs> but, 20, 20, 22 on yeah on Amazon. Okay, Prime so, right now, so I'll probably wait to see if it drops a little bit. Maybe if I get it for under twenty, like slightly under twenty, nineteen, eighteen, something around there. But I, I mean, I love, 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 love christmas themed horror films and you know i I just i want them all in my collection that i could get a hold of and uh this is this is one that i've longly been been uh trying to get i'm a big fan you know honestly the cover does represent the film because there's basically a scene that kind of even looks like this yeah um but uh yeah i reviewed this movie on my you know my 25 days of christmas horror series i did last year i did this on christmas day and i i purposely you know kept it for christmas day but uh yeah, I, it's a fun film, man. I know some people don't really care for it that much because it's more of like a, um, it's kind of like more of like a character study than, you know, a full-blown type slasher film, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what kind of off-puts people a little bit. They're kind of expecting like a Silent Night, Deadly Night type deal, mm. but you're not really going to get that. There is killings in this and stuff, but I I think the film is very enjoyable. You know, it's a, it's a different type of one, so. But, you know, definitely look that up. I believe that diabolic dvd has it for 18 or 19 bucks so yeah. maybe check out diabolic dvd because their prices sometimes are a little lower so um but other times they are higher too but i think it is cheaper though um next up we got from screen factory uh the dark half um of course directed by uh george romero um you've seen the dark half before right no i have not never, dude i've never, actually not seen like any of romero's films besides the dead films Oh, interesting. The Dark Half is a good... It's a pretty decent adaptation, uh, Stephen King adaptation. Um, I prefer the book over the movie, but the movie is pretty good. And, yeah, Screen, uh, Screen Factory is putting that out. I'm um, glad to see them actually grab a Stephen King uh, film for once, because I, I believe that's the first one they put out. 
Yeah, I think so, actually. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got a film that I've been really looking forward to for months and months, and that's it's a film called Housebound, and it is also being put out by Macabre or Macabre, whatever however you want to pronounce it. Um, this is coming out on DVD and Blu-ray. I think um, that's the first Blu-ray, ain't it? Yeah, I believe this is the very first Blu-ray that Macabre has put is out. Is that so. saying something? Is that saying that this one's a good one? Probably. I mean, honestly, the synopsis really caught my attention like months ago. I remember this thing was up for pre-order. And yeah, I've been waiting for this one to come out. But yeah, so first uh, Blu-ray from Macabre. I don't know. It looks really cool. So um, Awesome. Then next up, we got a film called Into the Storm. I'm not really 100% looks sure. Yeah, it does look awful. I don't even... Is it even a horror film? Like It's probably like one of those disaster films like disaster that were there on the sci-fi channel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it uh, it looks like kind of one of those CG type fucking yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> I guess we'll move along. <laughs> um, next up here from Screen Factory, we got uh, Monkey Shines and that is a uh, Monkey Shines is a pretty decent film. Um, have you ever seen Monkey Shines before? I actually have seen Monkey Shines as a kid. That's another Romero film, correct? Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, I, I don't remember much about it though. You know, Monkey Shines is. I have kind of a weird relationship with that movie. Sometimes I kind of dig it, and sometimes I really don't. I don't know. It's a weird one for me, man. Um, it, it's an all right film though. But anyway, Screen Factory putting that out. Uh, next up from all of films, we've got Moon Trap being released on Blu-ray. Um, Amazon's got it for which I already right? have. Yes, JP has a copy of Moon Trap. Um, I think it's from the late eighties, uh, starring Bruce Campbell. I don't really know much about this one. I just kind of remember, you know, moon trap, but I, I've never seen it before. So, yeah. um, next up, we got a film called penance. Uh, this is a, I'm going to say Japanese Asian-y. film. It's definitely a Japanese film. Um, wow. The Blu-ray is going for 35 bucks on Amazon. Get the fuck out of here. What, what, who's releasing that? Um, you know what? It's actually not. Oh, it says music box films. So I'm not 100% sure that is. The the release does look like a thick release, though. So maybe it's like an import or something like that. But yeah, Asian film. Um, Then we've got another Screen Factory release, which is Pumpkinhead 2, which I find is quite interesting. Wait a a tick. (laughs) Didn't we just talk about this one like last week? Yeah, it's so weird. I... You know, for some odd reason, I think Amazon CA got it before .com because I've actually had Pumpkinhead 2 in my collection for a couple weeks now. <laughs> you know you know how I've had such a hard time getting films as of late? Well, this is one that actually shipped me like way before it was supposed to come out. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I don't get it. But another Screen Factor release, uh, Pumpkinhead 2. The transfer is pretty good. Which you've actually already even reviewed. Yeah. Yeah. So – um, next up here, we've got, uh, Caller, the brand new Ryan Nicholson film. Um, I'm looking forward to checking this out, man. This looks pretty, pretty wild shit. Um, of course, Ryan Nicholson is best known for directing gutter balls and hanger and among films. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one looks pretty damn cool though. I think, uh, I've heard mixed, kind of mixed reviews on this one a little bit, but I don't know. It's Ryan Nicholson. You got to check it out. So he actually is from rate. He's actually from the same area that, that I'm from. So originally, um, then we've got another film called the crone. Um, this one kind of looks interesting. It says from the producer of the ring and the grudge. Why the fuck do they put continuously put shit like that on <laughs> fucking, I hate that. I hate from when the they producer. put producer. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Fucking so lame. Like seriously, that's so stupid. 
uh, released by Pathfinder Home Entertainment. Uh, this DVD is going for like twenty two forty eight on Amazon, so it must be like an import or some shit like that. But I don't know. Um, it looks like kind of like a ghostly film. I think it's something like on those lines. Then we've got another uh, DVD release called Final Entries. And this, this is one, a bona fide ghostly. This is like a. This looks like a found footage ghostly. <laughs> this is exactly the, what I mean when I say ghostly. Like, like you have a ghostly looking image, and you even have that like, um, like camera lens like viewfinder thing around the uh, the title, which is on every goddamn one of these. <laughs> like, oh, this know. is a bona fide grade A ghostly right here. And it's being released by Wild Eye Releasing, which is interesting. They're a pretty cool company, but. I don't know about that one. That doesn't look that great, but <laughs> looks awful. It it really does look bad. It's unfortunate. Um, next up here, we got a film called Raw Cut, which looks uh, cool. It, yeah, it kind of looks like a slasher. Um, what is the tagline on there? You won't live to see the final cut. <laughs> That's a terrible <laughs> tagline. But I do. I'm like a sucker for these fucking looking posters. Oh. But you know what? This this one's being released by Phase Four Films, so y- your Walmart will have it <laughs> for yeah. sure. They seem to get all these Phase Four films, but so it looks like a low budget slasher film. Uh, the next up, we've got actually a major release from um, I can't remember who's putting this out. Whacked Movies is putting out this, and it is the re- Dustin Mills release of uh, Skinless, which is now. So titled. did he get a distribution deal then? Yeah, they definitely picked up this film. I think this is the only one that's gotten like a major distribution deal right now but it is under just the title skinless because his release is called the battle of the ballad of skinless pete so it's retitled skinless i remember actually when they had like a little mini theatrical run for the film it was even under skinless yeah they definitely retitled it it's even retitled on the imdb page actually when i wrote in the uh when i was doing the ratings when i got to your review of the ballad of skinless pete i it actually titled it under skinless because that seems like the new official title yeah 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 but yeah, that's the, awesome definitely yeah, that's, probably can reach more people with a distribution deal yeah it's fucking awesome man so then we got man this one looks bad welcome to my dark side woman in horror <laughs> is it a documentary i don't know now i'm not 100 percent sure if it is or not because there's really um yeah, maybe it actually is. Because if it's a documentary, then like that, like that's actually cool. Mm, actually, I don't think it is. I think it's kind of like maybe like a fake, like mockumentary type deal well, thing. Well, then I that's actually not cool. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think it is a documentary. I think it might be too. Actually, um, then what else do we got coming out here? I know there's a few more. It, it actually says on this one website that graduation day, the 88 films Blu-ray is coming out, but it's already been out. So I think this is kind of a mistake. Um, there's another film called grave digger that is coming out this Tuesday. Um, do you see this one, JP? No. Grave digger. It's released by Shammy media. Um, <laughs> the cover is basically kind of like, Oh man, it looks bad. It kind of looks bad, but who knows? It could be cool. Gravedigger. I don't know. Kind of cliched, I guess. Uh, but then Full Moon's Trancer Blu-ray. Was this not out before? Didn't this come out a couple months ago? I thought I did remember that having a release already. But for some odd reason, I think that it was supposed to come out, and it never actually did come out. I think this might have got delayed a little bit, but 
I don't know. If you're interested, Full Moon put out Trancers on Blu-ray. Uh, then we've got another film that kind of looks like, I don't even know really what this one looks like. Uh, it's called Thing on the Doorstep. It's an HP Lovecraft, um, adaptation. Um, the cover is really, really not good at all. <laughs> but it's an HP Lovecraft adaptation. Uh, next up we've got a movie called Bad Verse Worse. Yeah. Oh man, this is uh this is pretty wow, this one looks really bad too. It's just got a dude holding a chainsaw, and that's all it is. And it of course is being released by Wild Eye Releasing. So Wild Eye Releasing is kind of looks like they're scraping at the bottom of the barrel right now, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know, man, these latest titles don't look the greatest, but who knows? Who knows? They could be alright, so. Uh and then we've got another indie film getting a um major well, distribution uh, release uh, from Wild Eye Releasing, of course, and it's the Turnpike Killer. Um, I actually have the original um, like indie DVD release of it that I picked up at Wasteland last year. And uh, but yeah, Wild Eye Releasing is actually putting this out. So for all you mm. people that didn't get that indie release of it, which is um, really cool, actually, it's a fucking good movie. Definitely check out the uh, the Turnpike Killer. I will have a review of this movie coming up on my channel in the future. It's in a pile of movies to do, <laughs> but I'm just so fucking swamped. But anyways, check out the Turnpike Killer from Wildlife. They do they do a good job with the releases. So, and I believe that's all I have did, for releases. Did you s- mention the graduation day? Region, uh, yeah, region I did three? the. The 88 films release, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just actually seen the cover, like, red, and I was like, oh, my God, that looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually have this this Blu-ray, and the 88 films, they announced, like, six or seven uh, titles, and it's part of their Slasher Classics collection. Are they all region-free? Yep. Yeah. Oh, my They're God. They're all region-free. I actually might. It, hmm. <laughs> dude, they I come kind in these of sexy like red these, cases. Dude. Like, they come I might these... actually import this. I actually oh, yeah. like the look of this a lot. The transfer is fantastic. I've watched it, but they've they've announced like uh, Mother's Day, scalps, um, Hollywood Chainsaw, hookers. Like oh, there's goodness. about six or seven that have been announced, and it's all part of this new slasher classes collection. And the weird thing about these releases too is that they're actually not in the fatter UK cases. All the other 88 films releases are in the fatter cases, but these ones are actually in the thin ones. <laughs> it's kind of weird. But yeah. they're in, they're in red cases and they look and they, oh, they have sexy. um the slasher collection they're numbered too which I that I love that idea it's it's a great setup man it's a really really great setup so and like I said the transfer is fantastic eighty eight films is a good company they're a really good company so great great I might actually have to pick that up hmm and that's all I have for releases JP do you got anything that else? is all I have as well okay cool so yeah quite a few releases coming out this week actually. Um, some things I definitely will be picking up and some other ones I'll definitely be passing right the fuck by. <laughs> oh, definitely. Most definitely. Man, yeah. I have such a hard time right now with, like, I just said I was going to not buy as many stuff and now I want to buy stuff. <laughs> yeah, look at you, man, Mr. Non-Import. And he's like, fuck that, man. I'm importing this 88 film <laughs> day Blu-ray. It's in a sexy red case. Oh, yeah. That red <laughs> case instantly, like, like just hooked me. I was like, whoa, whoa, uh, that is sexy. Like, it, it, I love, I'm nice. really attracted to, like, like the non, like, standard blue cases. <laughs> well, I have the 88 films release of the Tox- Toxic Avenger 2, and it comes in a nice green case. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, I think so does the Troma one, too, but whatever 
Um, yeah. So continuing along with uh, mood swings here, um, I just want to talk about a little bit about uh, my woes of the past like month or two with uh, you know more shipping problems. I mean, I, I talked about this a little bit on the cast, you know, here and there about I've, I've been having so many issues with Amazon, um, especially with pre-orders. It's mostly pertaining to pre-orders. I, you know, they would have pre-orders on the, on the website. I would pre-order them the day they would come out. It would say not in stock or shipping in one to three months or whatever and shit. And then they just would never get it in. And I would eventually have to like cancel my orders, go reorder from somewhere else and shit like that. And it's just been happening to me again and again and again. Like even this week, I just, I had to cancel like another three orders because these things didn't come out. These movies didn't come out apparently or. Or they didn't have them in stock, so it was like temporary to stock, and and it's just saying that I'm like, what the fuck is going on, right? So to make things worse, you know, now I'm even having issues with third party sellers. So there, there's a company that's that's a third party seller on Amazon.ca, probably on .com too, I would assume, um, and it's uh, they're called Cult Vision, and um, it's basically the company that sells like all the Raro video uh, releases. You know, the company Raro Video, right? Yeah. Anyways, but they sell like that's what pretty much all they sell on there as third party is just their videos and stuff. Anyways, I made an order, you know, a couple weeks back. I bought like seven things, and um, so I get I get a package on Friday, and I'm like, oh, nice, it's from Cult Vision. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. This, this fucking big box of movies is finally, you know, finally here. So I open up the box, and I've got like four things in there. I'm like, what the fuck, right? So I fucking of course I emailed, and they get back to me like the next morning. And I was like, and I said to him, I was like, hey, guys, did you guys ship this order in two separate boxes? Because it doesn't say like on my order that it was shipped in two separate orders, right? And they get back to me and they're like, no, no, it says it was just shipped in one. And I was like, well, I'm missing half my order. I'm missing this, this, and this. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, man. Okay, it's bad enough that I can't get any pre-orders. You know, I'm canceling all my fucking orders and now I'm dealing with third parties and they're not even shipping my whole fucking orders. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. So they, they sent me another email after, you know, after this one. And because I emailed the back and I said, well, okay, when you guys ship out the other items, can you just let me know when they ship? And they're like, yeah, no problem. So then they emailed me today and said that, oh, actually, there was a mistake. We did ship it in two boxes. It just wasn't noted on the, on the site. And I was like, what the fuck? So I was supposed to have another box and this is actually thursday so i actually waited till friday you know to you know see if this thing was actually going to show up it never did so i'm like what the fuck right so of course i went through the emails and stuff and then so they emailed me and they said well if it doesn't show up at monday we'll resend them because it's probably lost because it was shipped at the same time it should be there you know pretty much at the same time right yeah i'm like fuck man I am having the worst luck with shit ever right now. This is fucking pathetic, man. So not only, you know, I'm going through this right now. So if it doesn't show up tomorrow, it's, they're going to resend it and whatnot. But the shitty thing is it's going to take like another 10 days or whatever. Um, I've actually had a couple orders through um, third-party sellers that have actually gone missing in the mail. Like I completely did not get them. So I don't know if it's just fucking me right now or what. I'm just having really bad luck. But things are going missing. Nothing shipping. They're not shipping all my orders together. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, man. I'm getting so fucking irritated, man. Irritated. And then to top things off, you know, I finally got my Nightbreed uh, Collector's Edition set, right? 
Yeah. And, you know, th- this was shit from Amazon.com and, you know, it was rushed and stuff. It sat in our fucking post office for like four or five days before I got the shit. Like, basically, I thought that we, were, we weren't going to be reviewing the squad tonight because of this. The squad was part of that squirm nightbreed. It, it basically, whenever we have a holiday up here in Canada, um, which was Remembrance Day, obviously, on the 11th, our mail gets all fucked What'd up. What did you just say? Remembrance Day. Remembrance Day. Yeah? I've never heard of that. Well, it's what we call in Canada. I know it's Veterans Day to you guys. It's the exact <laughs> same holiday. It's the Veterans Day, Remembrance Day. It's what it is. Um, there's absolutely no difference. But um, Except for the any, title. Well, I mean, you can call it either way. <laughs> I don't really know. But anyways, um, so anyways, every time there's like a stat holiday, everything gets all fucked up, like big time. Right. And then I'm, I even said to you a couple days ago, I'm like, dude, I'm not getting this shit. It hasn't moved from Vancouver in like five days, but so we started even making up backup plans on, on a different film to review. So I went and bought another film, which I probably would have bought anyway. So it's not a big deal, but it's just the point. It's like, Jesus Christ, shipping is forever fucking this show. Oh man, I've been getting fucked over so much with the films that I actually need. It's crazy. But you know, the film that we were going to do, which eventually actually was found, might as well just say it, but yeah. you know, that's a film that you need to have. It's a great film. But, um, the point is, is I'm just getting really, really irritated with everywhere is fucking me. Postal systems, fucking <laughs> like third party sellers, Amazon, everything is just mm-hmm. not cool right now, man. I don't know what the fuck is going on. You know, and I wish I could just go into stores and buy a lot of the stuff that I do because it make mm-hmm. it, my life so much easier. No waiting, you know, just fucking have that copy that day. No, because where I live, there's nothing around. My Walmart sucks dick. They don't put shit out at all. You know, my Walmart kind of is whack too sometimes. You know, like I don't really have any other places like HMV completely overpriced. You know, you got all these other type places and stuff too, but it's just not. It's not good. So I spent a lot of time waiting for shit and it doesn't even come fully intact. You know, I get half orders. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm so yeah. fucking irritated by that, man. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what are the chances? They, they put four things. And you know, the weird thing is like the four items that were in this box, like the way they were listed in my order, they were like staggered. You know, it's like, they're just like, oh, I'm going to put this one in there and I'm going <laughs> to put five and I'm going to put number seven. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. This is fucking ridiculous, man. The thing with uh, oh. Walmart, it, like my Walmart pisses me off the no end too because like I see those new Universal still books that came out, the Psycho, the film that doesn't matter and American Werewolf in London. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, sweet, matter. you know, these will probably be in my Walmart because I've seen other people, you know, like post pictures and stuff. So I was like, I was like, I... I wouldn't mind grabbing Psycho, but I'll probably skip it. But I really wanted American Werewolf in London because I actually don't even own that film. And I was like, you know, like, sweet. Like, this seems like it should be in my Walmart. Nope, not there. And it annoys me to no end because, like, come on. Like, you you carry the same fucking seven films, like, like all the time. Like, <laughs> the, the films that they carry are ridiculous. Like, nobody buys them. I, dude, I spend so much time at Walmart waiting on rads after work that I start fixing the shelves. Like, all the out-of-order DVDs and stuff. Like, I'll go around and, like, fix them. And I'm like, nobody is buying freaking Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead combo pack, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Put some good shit here. And then, um, so, back to what you're saying about the shipping thing, though, is... Okay, so the squad, 
comes out on this date or whatever. So we're like, we want to cover all these films that Screen Factory puts out that are contemporary films. So obviously we know we have a shipping issue. So we're not going to cover it the week that it's released. We'll cover it the week after or, you know, the week after that. But yeah. it's still fucking us. We're pushing it back like like two weeks after it. It's you know we're like it comes out and we still can't get them on time. Yeah, right? like, you fuckers that are shipping this stuff, man, you're fucking up our spreadsheet. Come on, man, we got all <laughs> this shit are. marked down. And it everything's getting all pushed back and oh, it's all fucked up. Jesus Christ, Ugh. I know, man, and it's and it's so frustrating because like like these films, um, like we give we we give ourselves cushioning time to get them too, and you have them pre-ordered. Like you have I know, that's what's killing me. You should be getting them the day of, the day before, or the day after they're released. You shouldn't be getting them, you know, I mean, it, it's three so weeks pathetic. after they're released. It's so pathetic when I pre-order something from Amazon. I've got a Prime account. It should be like two-day shipping. I don't even get that shit. You know, it barely ever ships. I, even the two-day shipping, I, it's barely even two days half the time. It's like you five usually. You need to usually. get on there. I get my shit faster than from fucking Diabolic from the States. Crossing the border, I get my shit quicker than than fucking amazon Listen. like diabolic is great like i'll order it ships out like the next day i've got it like the week you know the next week or whatever it's fucking great but this is what you what need to do want. dude you need to get on there you need to yell at these amazon people and tell them like you want a year free of prime and you want it in a a, a code so then you can give it to me because I, oh. I want prime for a year yeah i i, I honestly really should get some free prime out of this fucking bullshit. <laughs> no, it, it is complete bullshit, dude. I mean, not only is it fucking up our show, but I mean, I mean, well, that's the most important thing, but uh, <laughs> it just sucks all around, man. I, like, I can't even, like, like you are pretty well dealing with this. Like, th- this would drive me insane if it was me. I guess in Canada, you're kind of used to, like, having to wait really long times to get your, like, uh, you know, packages and stuff, but I, I get so antsy. I'm like, if I order something and it isn't there in like four or five days, I'm like, where the fuck is it? Where the fuck is it? Why is it taking so long? Yeah, I know. It's like our fucking postal system, man. Like I even order from, you know, Black Fawn Distribution and they're a company from Canada, you know, and I'll order, it'll ship and then it'll show up like nine days later. <laughs> I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? Did you guys walk it over here? Seriously, did you walk it from Ontario to BC? Fuck you. This is ridiculous. It doesn't fucking take nine days. You know, that shit flies from point A to point B. Like, I actually know how it works. You know, I work in an airport and like, fuck you guys, man. This shit sits around in these. Oh, fuck. I'm not. It's yeah. irritating. It's and- so irritating. It shouldn't take that long. And, and while we're on the topic of shipping, I actually have a little shipping story to myself. So you remember the Anchor Bay replacement discs for Halloween 4, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I get a little note in my P.O. box, and it's like – it's from FedEx, and it's like, we have a package from Anchor Bay that we can't deliver um, because, you, you know, you don't have – like we need a physical address or whatever. And I'm like – I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like, I cannot stand that these companies don't ship to P.O. boxes because I can't get mail at my house. Like, they just don't deliver it here. So mm-hmm. you're fucking me. And now I have to contact this stupid-ass FedEx company. And, like, I try to do it online, and they have, like, the option for, like, changing address because I was just going to ship it to my work. Like, it's blocked out. So, like, I have to call them and figure out how I'm going to get this thing. And I can't even go pick it up because it's, like, really far from here. And I'm just like, come on, man. Why is everything so complicated? Why can't FedEx ship to a P.O. box? (laughs) 
fucking makes no sense, man. Jesus. That's ridiculous. That's so ridiculous. So I might not get my Halloween 4 replacement discs. This. <sighs> that is so fucking stupid. Oh, and when I got the thing, it was Saturday, and they were closed. So oh, I couldn't call them. So convenient. now I'm going to have to wait till tomorrow to call them. <laughs> that's really, really convenient. Wow. I mean, And if I don't call seriously... them in time, they're going to ship it back. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then you're completely fucked because it's not like they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we'll ship that back, you know? Yeah. Yeah, right. You got a P.O. box. Go fuck yourself. Alrighty, so I guess that's probably going to do it for our shipping problems. So <laughs> let's move along to the uh, the Q&A portion of Mood Swings. Uh, JP, what's up for the first question? Okay, so we got a question from Dave. This is kind of just a simple Yes or no question. He said, another great Del Toro movie, talking about our uh, conversation last week on The Devil's Backbone, he said that was released on Criterion is Kronos, which is considered a horror movie. Have you guys, have any of you guys seen this movie? My answer is nope. Yep. I've I've seen Kronos many times, actually. Kronos is a really interesting film. I think it's uh, um, kind of, I don't know, maybe a little bit underrated for, you know, a Del Toro film. I, I think it's got a really interesting premise. It's it's just different. That's what the coolest thing about that film. It's just different for like a vampire story. It's really cool. Yeah, nice. I, I'm actually, you know, I'm probably going to grab that one when I make my next Criterion order. Um, sounds interesting enough to pick up. And, you know, I really like The Devil's Backbone. And I'm actually digging these Criterions. I've grabbed four so far, so probably grab all the horror ones that are released on Blu-ray. <laughs> I knew that you. I knew that you'd like Criterion, man. Depends <laughs> on one. You're like, damn, these are fucking sexy. They are. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, Criterion half price sale all month right now. So, fuck yeah, jump on that shit. I got about six in order. I mm. think so. Nice. So after that, we have John Matrix who asks. How about your top five Hong Kong Category 3 movies, you know, like Ebola Syndrome? Uh, then he goes on to say, I say check out uh, anime. You, you never know. You might like it. Again, <clears throat> you might think that it's shit, but <laughs> it's horror. Uh, you might find a new genre in horror you can enjoy. I mean, you can do stuff in animation that you really can't do in real life without a massive budget. And I agree with that. You know, I, that's the one of the things i thought of when i was like uh considering anime and maybe you know what i'm actually gonna try to convince these guys to to maybe uh have a featured review of, of an anime horror film um so yeah i have nations are welcome i we have, have no problem with that i'm just not very knowledgeable in that you know portion of you know films anime yeah. in general like i don't really know much about it so yeah and and it's almost like one of those things where it's like all right I don't know about this genre of horror. Challenge accepted. Let's check a little bit of it out. Mm-hmm. So top five Hong Kong. I basically just made my list from like top five Hong Kong films. I, I actually had no two. idea what that question even meant. The category three. Um, I'm not really too sure what he's referring to with category three. Cause every time I hear category three, I think of like, you know, the video nasties category three kind of thing. Um, but maybe thinking like more extreme films, category three. Um, I don't know. I just made them a top five Hong Kong list just on any films that were released, you know, from Hong Kong. So, um, number five was Mr. Vampire from, uh, 1985. It's a pretty, pretty interesting, fun film. Um, number four was, uh, Dumplings. Um, 
and I'm referring to like the full length film. You've seen Dumplings before, right? Like probably no. the short one. Have you ever seen Three Extremes? No. The anthology? Oh, anyways, okay. So there's three short stories in that in that anthology. I know what it, I know of it. Yeah, and Dumplings actually does have a full length film for it. Oh really? If you get the if you get the double disc version of Three Extremes, the second disc is a full length version of Dumplings. It's a fucking it's a real nasty story, real fucking gross, but I really enjoy it. Uh, number three is the Untold Story, uh, fucking crazy, crazy fucking movie, awesome stuff. Uh, number two is Dream Home. Uh, I think it's fantastic. Everybody knows about Dream Home. Actually, IFC Midnight released that. And number one is probably a movie that JP actually might even like. It's it's like action. It's not really a horror film, but it's like really, really gory. Um, it, it's so over the top and ridiculous, but it's so much fun as uh, Ricky O, the story of Ricky. Um, fuck, man. The movie just makes me laugh every time I watch it. It's so fucking gory. Like he's literally punching right through people's bodies. <laughs> it's so awesome, man. But I just made my list right off the top of my head. Top five Hong Kong films. I don't know. Sorry if that doesn't answer your question. Nice, nice. Uh, well, I didn't even attempt to answer it, so. <laughs> oh, really? You did better than me. No, I, I actually don't even, I still don't know what that means. Like mm. what are the, what is the, like what is oh the category three that I was referring to with uh, um, the video nasties were basically the third category films that were banned but weren't deemed video nasties and stuff um, were, were were almost they weren't even necessarily banned they were deemed video nasties but they weren't like prosecuted or you know let off or whatever I think um, one of the films is Texas Chainsaw Massacre is considered like a category three film and yeah. Because it never made it onto the, like, you know, obviously the the video nasty list, the band 33. And then there was, like, you know, the category two, which were the prosecuted or the non-prosecuted films, right? And okay. then category three was, like, you know, a, a, just a different category. Okay. I'm still kind of curious. What, like, what what does the films you just listed have in common? That's what I'm having trouble with. I, I don't know what the well, question is. Basically, all the films in the video nasty list were either banned or they were heavily cut films released in the UK. Right? Yeah, so but, they put them into three categories. Right? But you just listed your top five. Those weren't video nasties, were they? No, 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 no. I just listed top five Hong Kong films. <laughs> so that was the question. <laughs> to be I honest, I don't know any honest, Hong Kong films. <laughs> to be honest, I didn't even see the category three part in the in the question. <laughs> okay. So, I'm just yeah. confused right now. So, uh, next up, Paul Henderson says, uh, uh, "You know, what's your top five favorite movies from a country of your choice? And it can't be uh, USA or Canada. Um, <laughs> I don't really like him lumping those two countries together because one of them is a foreign country and one of them is not. Yeah, they're both foreign countries to each other, so." No matter how you look uh, at it, no, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> sure, every, every country down here, every country is foreign <laughs> to someone. It's like else. Cartman when he's like, when he's like, um, <laughs> they're like, you do realize if you're the only white person, you are the minority. He's like, am not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, uh, I pretty much just decided to throw a you know dart at a globe and i got australia so i went with uh you know i just randomly picked one um i got patrick at number five of course the uh, original uh the reef at number four i actually really love that movie uh number three is storm warning 
Number two is Wolf Creek. I uh, really love that one as well. And number one, I'm just like, I really, really love this film, and it's The Loved Ones. Mm-hmm. Cool. You know, it's really funny that you did Australia because I was actually going to do Australia. <laughs> yeah. No shit. I actually ended up not doing Australia. I went from I, – I, I just kind of copped out because – not really a copo, but if you, you know, know me really Italian. well – of course, of course. And I know it's so cliched, of course, because I, but I'm a sucker, man. I love Italian cinema. So this list was really, really easy for me to make. So at number five, we got Dario Argento's Tenembrae. Number four, we've got Lucio Falci's The Beyond. Number three, we have Lamberto Bava's Demons. Number two, we have Falci's Zombie. And at number one, my favorite Italian film is Argento's Suspiria. So nice nice uh, i thought that was an interesting question because it kind of like handicapped your answer instead of saying like foreign films um so that was pretty cool mm-hmm. uh after that joey asks us our top five favorite releasing companies i guess like uh dvd companies so moods hit them with the hit them with the answers this was actually a really hard question for me because um i'm notorious for but like a company i like to buy like like all their stuff and there's a lot of good releasing companies out right now mm-hmm. so i didn't you know i kind of beat around the bush with this one but uh number five um is uh redemption um basically the mm-hmm. redemption is released by kino lober um but yeah the redemption line i love redemption it, they they put out a lot of crazy shit pretty cool stuff uh number four is grindhouse uh, releasings right now they're just doing they do such an amazing job with all the releases they don't put out a lot of stuff which is unfortunate but at the same time when when they do put out a release it is top fucking shelf it's amazing yeah. i mean look at cannibal holocaust the release for that and everything all their transfers which i still need to so, grab that oh man they do such an amazing job with their features and everything they're a really really good company uh number three is uh scorpion releasings um scorpion is putting out so much good cult stuff right now and they're they're very consistent you know putting out tons of good stuff right now um they're even starting to put out some of their older titles on blu-ray with some newer ones that have never been released too so which is really cool but uh scorpion awesome uh number two is screen factory um screen factory of course we've talked to about screen factory on a bit of a decline right now but you know and and that is kind of the thing right now. I mean, Screen Factory is an awesome company. I, I'm not going to say anything bad about them, but right now I think they're in a little bit of a slump. I think they need to get another, you know, another deal uh, with somebody, you know, yeah. rather than MGM because I mean it's quite obvious that they're scraping at the bottom of the barrel with some of these releases. But you know, not to take anything away from what they've done in the last couple of years, they've accomplished a lot and released you know over a hundred titles, kind of thing. And it, it's you know they're a good company. Um, and they, they have that kind of unique thing with their collector's editions and their new cover arts and stuff. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And of course, at number one is a company that I've always loved. And I think they do the most spectacular Blu-rays and everything that they release is really cool, man. And that's Synapse Films. Um, they, they're another company that really, really puts so much fucking honest effort into their transfers and stuff. I remember when they were putting out, uh, was it Prom Night or curtains when they kind of held it back a little bit because i think it was prom night prom night they weren't totally satisfied with the with the transfer you know they could have put it out and just been like okay get the shit out we need the money Mm -hmm. um but they didn't you know they held off they put a little more features and they fucking you know worked on the transfer and turned out beautiful and i love companies that really really care about their product 
And, you know, you know, snaps, they're notorious for announcing things and not releasing them for like six or eight months later, but I don't care. You know, the wait is worth it. They do such a great job. They're awesome. So, oh, uh, you know what? I will mention a couple of the companies that I do still love. Like IFC, Trauma. I knew he was going to do this. (laughs) It's so hard. IFC, Trauma, Blue Underground, Slasher Video, and Massacre Video. Massacre Video is awesome. So. Moods is always cheating the questions. <laughs> so uh, mine, you know, actually, when I when I saw this question, I was like, "That's a great question." And then I realized I really don't have many different companies that I've bought stuff from. Like, like, like a lot of stuff. You know, like you said, you buy a bunch of stuff once you like a company. Like, like me, I realized like I have like two of these releases, like four of these releases, like a couple here, but I don't have like a lot of somebody's releases to really have like favorite companies. So um, I went with number five is Synapse. I only have a few of their releases. Number four, Blue Underground. Uh, number three, Anchor Bay, uh, because, you know, they did put out a lot of good shit over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, IFC Midnight. And that's just because I kind of uh, mm-hmm. am really tra- like collecting those right now. And then number one, of course, is Scream Factory, which is the only company that I'm actually actively trying to get every single release they put out. So that I guess by default, it makes it number one. But, you know, I I think the early part of my collection days were just getting like all the classic films, the the mainstream classic ones that I grew up with. And now I'm starting to actually get into those like undiscovered gems that I've never seen that uh, a lot of these, um, you know, side companies are putting out and stuff, these lesser popular companies. Uh, lesser mainstream um but also price comes into it you know like like i'm not super rich so i have to kind of budget and a lot of these it's hard to get a lot of these companies because it's like Mm -hmm. 20 dollars a pop you know so keeping up i can only keep up with like one at a time which is scream factory for right now but i'll grab a few here and a few there uh from these other companies as well Mm -hmm. cool all right so uh the next question The next question is an email that we got, and it says, Hello, gentlemen. Love your podcast each week. I have a question that I thought you guys could possibly talk about in your next podcast. The November issue of, I believe it's a Room Org magazine. (laughs) Fucking Gnome Alone? I'm sorry, dude. What? Get over the fucking title. <laughs> Gnome Alone. I'm sorry. I totally interrupted you, but that was just... I had to... Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. My dog's going crazy. Um, so he, uh, he likes that Gnome Alone too, man. Yeah, yeah. Wait, there's a Gnome Alone too now? Lost in New York? <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, so he goes on to say... Um, in a recent Rumorg magazine, there is a new horror channel called Terror TV that is launching in Canada. He thought Moods would like to talk about it a bit since he is from the foreign land of Canada. And if he is excited about this news and also what he thinks about it. Also, I wanted to know if there's a P.O. box or an address available where fans uh, of the show could send things to you guys like movies and related material thanks a lot keep up the great show that is an awesome email and first i'll just answer the bottom part of the question there's absolutely somewhere where you could send us stuff and just pick you know if you have something you want to send moods he'll give you his address if you have something you want to send jeremy he'll give you his address and of course i will give you my address if you'd like to send me something you know that that's very kind first of all um, yeah that works that works yeah thanks for the awesome email that's really cool 
yeah. cool stuff. Um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I didn't really know about Terror TV until JP, um, you know, sent me the email. And just for whatever reasons, I just, it was just kind of an oversight on my part, I guess. Um, generally, I would know about something like this, but unfortunately, I didn't. And so, of course, upon reading the email, I did some research about Terror TV. Um, it has officially not been launched yet in Canada. They're working on it, and it's going to launch probably within the next month. They say it's going to be up before Christmas time. Um, so, the deal with Terror TV is actually really fucking cool, man. Um, Terror TV is specifying in all horror-related movies and TV shows and stuff. Now, the cool thing about Terror TV is that the movies are all uncut and commercial-free. And also, they are in fucking high def. So, you can't go wrong with this. I mean, this is absolutely amazing. I was reading up on this, I'm going, holy shit, this is fucking awesome. Now, as for the TV shows, the TV shows are going to play like a regular TV show. Um, I, what I've seen so far, what they have on there, they have like Alfred Hitchcock Presents, and they've got The Hitchhiker and a few other shows and stuff. But the TV shows are going to play um, like a regular TV show. There's going to be commercials and they'll, you know, and stuff like that. So the only commercials that are on the network are during the TV uh, specials. But as for the movies... Like I said, they're on cut, uh, commercial free and in high def. And now I was looking at the list of movies that they've so far that they've already put on this website and you can check out the website tvchair.ca. Um, there's like hundreds and hundreds of films on here and really good cult classic stuff, newer stuff, like really awesome fucking like, you know, they've got, you know, the beast within on here and I'm just reading off random titles like beneath and, and, uh, what do we got here? Beyond the Door 3, Beyond Reanimator, Black Christmas. You know, there's lots of fucking great shit on here. Blood wow. Beach. You know, there's like really, really good stuff. Like, you know, it's all over the place. The Bloody Judge is on here. You know, this is fucking amazing. The Boogans, you know, this is great. Uh, it just never ends. And there's like hundreds of titles that they've already posted on here. And I'm, I imagine they're probably going to get more like Kingdom, Kingdom of Spiders, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Laid to Rest, Lake Placid. Um, it just keeps going on and on and on, like fucking Lord of Illusions. Um, but yeah, it really sounds cool. like they have the MGM vault. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It's kind of all over the place. Um, but uh, yeah, just really awesome. I, I you know, I, we got, I, I got so excited when I read that the movies were uncut and commercial free. I mean, this has got to be one of the first networks that I've ever seen that's like commercial free for films um, of recent time. You know, because I, I know there was what, uh, not Chiller, but. Um, what, what was the one that was running in Canada before? And it's fucking commercials. It's just an edited shows. And I'm just like, ah, that's the worst. But I think these guys are doing it up good. And I actually are you gonna phoned. Get it? Oh, right. I, I am going to get it, actually. I actually made a point of not only during the research, um, I asked my wife if she could phone up Shaw, which is our, <laughs> which is our, you know, provider. And, um, you know, kind of look into it. And they basically said, yeah, it's going to launch in the next month. And it's just going to be a regular channel that you can actually just pay for. And it's going to be, at first, it's going to be free. Um, mm. but then it's going to be like three bucks a month or something like that. Like really, really fucking cheap. Dude, that so. is so awesome. Like I would love to get like, uh, like El Ray is pretty solid down here right now, but you know, like I, this is something I've been like conjuring up, like dreaming of forever to have, uh, the, like a, a exclusive horror network. Like I, I know Fearnet was around here, but I didn't have it around here. Um, yeah, Fearnet, Chiller that's actually is okay. what I was talking yeah, Fearnet, that's what I was thinking of. And that used to be, it had commercials and they were edited and stuff too, right? Yeah. So, so, I mean, 
that sounds great. And, you know, hopefully if it does well up in Canada, it might be able to like do something in the U S or have a equivalent down here. Fucking rights, man. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, lots of good movies on here, man. It does look like they kind of snagged up the MGM as I kind of go through the titles. <laughs> it's like, holy shit, man. Like a bunch of these have actually been released by Screen Factory, like Witchfinder General, Witchboard. Yeah. Um, you know, stuff like that. But I mean, that's fine. You know, it's totally cool. They're, these are all on here. I know? think it's because a lot of times like MGM's like cool with like they're very like deal friendly. Like I remember even like back in the Monster Vision days, I felt like a lot of the uh, titles on there were from the MGM vault. Um that's that's something that would be interesting if they if they did on that network is having like an like a horror host and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that'd be fucking awesome. The fucking video dead's even on here. Nice, <laughs> so awesome. There's so many good titles. Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Nice troll. Yeah, <laughs> it just keeps going on and on. Tix is on here, by the way. Love it. Yeah, see the fucking cool thinner the thing the original thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, awesome man, Terravision. Yeah, fuck, this is this is pretty neat, pretty neat shit. So I'm really excited, and I will keep you guys posted actually for when I get the network and actually check it out for myself. Cool, cool. So you know, which apparently is going to be in the next. They he said about under a month, so that's exciting. That's, that's great, great news. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that email was from um, Ronald, by the way, from Wisconsin. Uh, thanks for the email, man. I, I love those like longer emails where. You give us feedback and stuff, so keep those yeah, man. coming. Much appreciated. Thank you once again for the email. Um, I, you know, I sometimes I get a little, you know, a little blushy when I hear the word fan. I, I know it's it's a weird con. That's why even if you heard when I read it, I like kind of paused and I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's like a weird <laughs> thing for me. I don't know. I don't know how yeah. I feel about it really. But uh, the the final question this week is, uh, what are your top five underrated horror films? Uh, you know, see, the, the, I've done underrated lists in the past. I believe we've even asked mm. this question before. So I just kind of picked five more that I probably haven't mentioned before that I feel are, are a bit underrated <clears throat> because you I know feel what? like I, I've already talked about the ones that are like my go-to underrated ones. I actually basically approached this question the exact same way you did. Awesome. I just kind of thought awesome. of like five ones that I think that are a little underrated, so... All right, uh, I guess I'll go first on this one. Um, so these are no particular order, but I, I feel these films are all underrated. And if you haven't seen them, give them a shot because uh, they don't get talked about enough. Um, number five is The Ruins. I feel like everybody kind of gives this one a hard time because uh, it's essentially plants are the like antagonist. And people think it's kind of cheesy and stuff, but I, I find it's pretty effective in the way that it's done. There are a few moments where they might have – Took it a bit overboard, but I I find it to the, the the survival horror aspect of this film to be like very intense. Dude, you know what is really really fucking trippy? I'm sitting here searching or I'm scrolling through the movies on Terror TV, yeah. and I actually stopped at the ruins. Are you serious? Right Have you, you seen the ruins? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's I really so really bizarre. like the ruins. It's it's a it's a good one. Yeah. Um, number the next one is uh, Spiral. Uh, this is Adam Green's least talked about film, and in my opinion, it's his second best film out of the ones that I've, I think I've seen all of his films now. Uh, but Spiral is great. It's a great, almost Hitchcockian thriller. Uh, I feel like the performances are, are awesome, and it has like a double double twist ending, which I thought was really, really effective as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Spiral's a good film, man. It is. That's that's a good choice. That's It is underrated. 
Yeah. Uh, number two is, uh, not number two. Why am I saying numbers? Cause these aren't in order. <laughs> Uh, but the next one is uh, Toristas. This one I feel like really goes under the radar of like this the torture uh, genre. Uh, this one was kind of like a bit mainstream, but I feel like nobody ever talks about it. I think it's a pretty solid torture film. Uh, I like it a lot. I like the setting and stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Dead End. This is kind of in that uh, Christmas genre. And it's also a road horror film. Uh, I always give Dead End mad props. I just really, really, really like Dead End. And I really don't hear a lot of people talk about it. It's definitely solid. Lin Shay is awesome in it. Uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a cool film. You like Dead End? I love Dead End. That was actually one I reviewed on my uh, Christmas uh, series last year. Yep, yep. And, fun, uh, fun film. The final one I think is is like criminally underrated – and that is my soul to take. Like I actually think Wesley Craven did a top-notch job on my soul to take. I know like everybody has problems with like the dialogue and stuff, but honestly, man, like I I find it to be a solid film. Like I really like my soul to take, and and everybody kind of just shits on that one. Yeah, you might be in the minority on that one. I know oh, a lot. On, a, a lot of people shit on that film. Uh, you know, to be honest, I put off watching it forever. Remember, I did. I picked up the Blu-ray. And gave yeah. it a shot. And I didn't think it was as bad as people were saying either. I mean, I thought it was all right. I should watch it again. I like so, it. Fucking awesome. I'm I'm sitting here scrolling through again. And I came across Mosquito. Mosquito is on Terror TV. Oh, shit, dude. That is, that is an awesome, <laughs> awesome one right there. I can see it now. They're going to do a double feature, Mosquito and Ticks, which is a fantastic double feature. I wish Olive would get a hold of Mosquito. Dude, the more I scroll through this, man, the more I'm excited for this. This is there's fucking tons of good movies on here, man. Like it, it's all good shit, and it really does span like right from like old Universal monster films to like brand new 2013, 14 films. It's crazy. Nice, very, very interesting. Alrighty, so for my top five, uh, I guess I'll just read them the way I wrote them. Um, number five, I guess, is. Uh, a film from the early 80s called Bloodsuckers from Outer Space. Um, of course, the title just makes it sound super cheesy, but it's a really, really fun uh, type zombie. It's really, it's so fucking cheesy and just kind of overlooked. I know Shriek Show put it out a few years ago, but definitely give it a shot. I have never even heard of it, so. No one's, barely anyone ever talks about this one, and it's really fucking fun. It's a really fun film. Uh, number four, this is one that I have mentioned um, numerous times, and even maybe on this, I don't know. I have said to people this one's underrated because uh, Cemetery Man, or <laughs> Cemetery Gates, I mean, <laughs> Cemetery <Yeah>. Man. <laughs> Cemetery Gates, man. I love, love this movie. It's a great creature great creature feature. Uh, it's that got one's great really gore. cheap, too. Yeah, it's all the time for like four dollars. Yeah, totally, man. Really, really cheap, and it's fucking fun, man. It's really good stuff. Um, Number three is Dust Devil. Dust Devil is a film that I feel that like no one has seen for some. I've seen it. I think. You know, I barely ever hear people talk about it or ever show it off. Like it just seems like nobody has it or seen it. I don't know what it is about Dust Devil, but it's a really unique film, and I think people would really enjoy it. It's just very different. So, um, number two is sisters, Brian De Palma's sisters. Uh, this is a movie that I think a lot of people haven't seen either for some odd reason. It's one of, uh, Brian De Palma's first, uh, first films, but it's really fucking fantastic. I mean, 
I mean, I think me and Jeremy both gave it like nine and a half out of ten or something. It's a great film. It's a great film. And my number one underrated horror film, for some odd reason, I never hear people talk about this one. Um, and they probably should. I think maybe it's because it is a found footage film. And maybe that's the reason. I don't know. People just don't want to give it a chance. But that is The Tunnel. Um, mm. Yeah. This movie is brilliant, man. It, it's really the way found footage films should be made. It's executed perfectly. It's got a great setting, great acting, um, great. The, even the ending's awesome. So definitely give the tunnel a shot. Uh, I think it's really kind of overlooked. So yeah. And by the way, sisters, Jeremy gave it a nine, and you gave it a nine point five. Okay. Wow, I'm surprised Jeremy didn't go a little higher on that one. Yeah. So. That that's it for the questions. And yeah, so I guess moving along with mood swings and we'll get into the corners report of weird stats and morbid facts, courtesy of Rue Morgue, of course. I don't make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up, actually. <laughs> Alrighty, so the weird stat and morbid fact of the day. Um, okay. A county near Columbus, Ohio has to pay a total of $68,000 to two families whose children's funeral arrangements were accidentally switched after the coroner sent the youngster's body to the wrong funeral homes, <laughs> resulting in the incorrect child being cremated. D- d- damn. Oh, my God. Could you imagine that fucking happening? <laughs> like, that's so bad. I mean, how do you have this conversation with the families or with the family of the person? Like, they didn't want their child cremated. Yeah. Oh my God. I couldn't even imagine. I was reading this and I was like, Jesus, man. I'm like, I would not want to be that person to break that to the family. That's fucking terrible. That would be be a rough one. I would quit my job. I'd just be like, you know what? Somebody else handle it. Yeah, that is awful, man. I think that's probably the worst conversation you could ever have in your life. (laughs) Well, maybe not the worst one, but seriously, that's some pretty bad shit right there. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that's, oh my god, that's bad. Yeah. Alrighty, so that's going to do it for Mood Swings. Uh, Moving along into the uh, what we watch portion of the show. Um, JP, do you got a film? I do have a film. Uh, This one I actually watched today at work. Don't tell anybody. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was killing some time. I actually had about half of it watched from when I was watching it at home, but... I took my laptop to work and and, uh, watched a bit of it on lunch and then finished it up at the end of the day. But uh, that is uh, one that I believe that you actually talked about uh, a few episodes back, I want to say. And that is uh, Frankenfish. This one... Awesome. This one one follows uh, a group of people who are uh, out in like a swampy Louisiana swamp and... uh, there's a medical investigator who's assigned to investigate a murder. He travels with a biologist. They kind of get stuck. And it's kind of like one of those almost like survival type of, of films. Um, okay, so Frankenfish, the title. It sounds awful, right? I mean, this sounds like a, a sci-fi made for sci-fi, like uh, Sharknado type deal. This is actually surprising. And I and I was skeptical when Moods was talking about this one because I believe you you gave it a good re- review as well. I was skeptical, like, really, dude, Frankenfish? I know it's hard, right it's hard to convince people, you know, that a movie called Frankenfish is actually going to be pretty good. 
I know. Right. Uh, but I got it for $3 at Big Lots, and I was pleasantly surprised. This is a quality yeah, little horror film. I mean, it's, no. it doesn't do anything you know, super amazing for the genre, like the, uh, you know, killer animal, like you would look at it like, uh, Anaconda or Jaws, like that style where it's like these survivors, you know, deep blue sea stuff like that. I mean, it really is one of those films. It doesn't do anything new or interesting, but the, the, the journey is fun. I mean, the characters are kind of, yeah, they're not the greatest, but it fits for the type of film. There's some some cool kills though. That's what was surprising me. Kills and the fish looks good. The CGI portions of it look good also, which is yeah. you know, really surprising. And they really don't rely heavily on the CGI as as you no, would think in a film called Frankenfish. There actually is quite a bit of parts with like real fish, especially you know the one kill where the thing flops right out on the fucking. Yeah, I was like, wow, practical effects. That's pretty impressive. Um, I like the, uh, you know, uh, it's almost like a siege type film too. They're like, it's like, like stuff like Tremors. They're stuck on a bunch of, you know, uh, like houseboats and stuff and there's a fish and they, they're stuck out there. Like, I like that stuff. And this one is, you know, pretty effective. It's a fun watch the whole way through the, like I said, it doesn't, uh, you know, do anything mind blowing, but, for what it is, it's it's really solid, and I think I'm gonna come in at about. Uh, I don't really know what I should give this one. I'm probably gonna just stick with a six point five, but that's still a solid rating, and I and uh, I do recommend grabbing Frankenfish. It, it, it's a fun killer fish movie. You know what really cracks me up about that movie is the reason why there is Frankenfish. Yeah. <laughs> like, when it finally gets revealed, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I like seriously started laughing. I was like, oh my God, that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, like the, the one white dude who's like the, the like douchebag, like ex-boyfriend, like <laughs> that dude was actually cracking me up. Oh, I know. Um, yeah. But Moods actually gave Frankenfish a seven and a half out of ten, which is about a, a point. That's a point higher than I give it, but it's still a it's still a fun movie. I do recommend it definitely. Yeah, it's definitely one of those movies where you'd it, it's a perfect example of a film that we, you would probably walk by a thousand times before somebody actually gave it a good rating. Yeah. Do you think? You, it, do you think it would be a underrated horror film? <laughs> you know, it's a pretty fucking damn good TV film, though. It is because it is a TV movie. Was this a sci-fi original? I believe it was actually made See, for sci-fi. And a, a, a while back, I, I said something along the lines of sci-fi used to make solid original films that weren't covered in CGI and weren't bad on purpose. And this yeah. is one of those examples where you can see that whoever got this script, it was really basic. It was simple, killer fish, bunch of people. But you can tell that the people involved were actually trying and that's why it's a good, a, a good, fun time. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, <laughs> fucking Frankenfish. <laughs> the name still cracks me up. Yeah, uh, it's so ridiculous. But yeah, you know, surprisingly, and I think that movie was made in two thousand four. So pretty it much was. what you're saying is correct. So, you know, like these older sci-fi chiller, whatever it was, you know, they used to make pretty decent films. You know, they definitely did. So, yeah. All right. Um, first film I'm going to talk about tonight is uh, from, I believe this originally came out in 2013, and it came out on media in 2014. Uh, down in the U.S., it's on IFC Films up in Canada. The IFC Films are released under MO Pictures, which is Mongrel. And this one is called Witching and Bitching. Nice. 
Um, yeah, this isn't. This is a fucking oddball film, man. Um, it basically starts out with a group of guys. They are pulling off this heist. Uh, they've just held up this, uh, you know, this jewelry store. Um, and oddly enough, the main character actually has his son involved in this because the main guy, he's actually going through a custody battle with his wife. So he's been trying to gain custody of his child. And of course he does the right thing. And, you know, he takes him along on a fucking heist. <laughs> this movie is actually pretty goofy. Um, so he takes his son along and stuff and uh, they hold up this place and they get into this crazy ass car chase and basically they evade the police and they end up like in these mountains areas and stuff like that um, to go and hide out and whatnot. And uh, they come across this tavern. So they go inside and what and start doing their thing and shit like that. Anyways, they end up getting invited to this like um, basically these people's houses and stuff. And what they don't know is like, it's like a huge coven for like witches and stuff. And they're basically, it's that time of year where they do like this annual, um, type, uh, I guess it's like an ancient ritual that they're trying to perform and stuff like that. And they become like the guests of honor for it. Right. So, you know, it's pretty much the breakdown of your film. Um, (laughs) but this one right here is fucking batshit crazy, man. You know, it kind of starts out like this, you know, this heist film and, you know, it's kind of, it's got that kind of basic story. They get, they go to hide out and whatnot. And then this shit just gets fucking nuts, man. All the people that are living in this huge castle are like witches and shit. And it kind of turns into like a fucking Harry Potter meets like some, I don't know, some other weird. There's like these huge ass creatures and, and shit that are all in this film. It's fucking batshit crazy, man. This is nothing what I expected it to be. You know, um, I don't even really want to give too much away, but like, there's basically like a lot of digital effects in this because they created like these like monster monsters. Like they're like, there's this one guy monster in this film. that's like a hundred feet tall and shit like that. So all this crazy ass fucking shit's happening. It's like a film I've never seen. I've never seen a movie like this. It's fucking crazy. Um, but really enjoyable, really enjoyable. So much shit going on. And basically what they're trying to do is get the fuck out of there before they get like sacrificed to like these, these giant fucking witch gods and shit like that. Um, <laughs> I don't really know what else to say about it. It's one film that I think is going to have a lot of mixed opinions on it or about it. Um, I believe this is from, yeah, this is from Spain. It's a Spanish film. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So it is fucking batshit crazy though. I highly <laughs> recommend this man like I just don't even know really what to say about it because I don't want to give anything away but it's very unique and it's different and it's pretty much not what you expect going into it it's really entertaining like right from the beginning of the film I like the whole aspect with the guy's son you know and he, like, there's literally a scene where they're driving you know they're getting chased by the cops in this cab and the cab driver actually becomes like friends he's like He's so, he's so intrigued by these bank robbers that he actually becomes like one of their gang and stuff. <laughs> it's so <laughs> ridiculous. But there's a scene where the boy's in the back seat and the father's talking to the mother on the phone and they're arguing about custody and shit like that. It, it's fucking quirky, man, but really well done. And then, like I said, when they get to this, this place, it just goes crazy with the effects and it's literally like, I don't like, I'm trying to give people a kind of a visual. It's like Harry Potter characters, like crazy over the top, like crazy shit going on. Um, highly enjoyable, man. Check out Witching and Bitching, though. Uh, I don't even know really how to rate this film either because it's so different and unique. But it's definitely one that you'll remember uh, for a while because it's so different. But uh, I give it about a 7.5 out of 10 because it's just 
simply for being so original. You know, this one's different. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Cool. So uh, the next one, I actually don't have a pick of the week this week. Um, you know, I did like Frankenfish, but I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's a pick, a week, pick of the week worthy. Um, and this film, this next one isn't either. So this is just this uh, last film that I watched this week. And that is, uh, we mentioned it earlier, but it's The Langoliers from 1995. This was a TV miniseries. Uh, so the Langoliers follows a group of passengers on a plane headed to Boston. They fall asleep, and when they wake up, a majority of the passengers have disappeared. So there's a group of, say, ten people uh, that wake up on this plane, and one of them actually is a pilot. So uh, they find out that the pilots that were driving the plane are also gone. So he controls the plane while they try to figure out what the hell's going on. So it's kind of weird because all the people just are gone off the plane, but they left behind like all their possessions, like material possessions, like watches and rings and necklaces and pacemakers. So uh, it's very mysterious right off the gate. Then we have the group of characters, of course. We have this weird guy named Toomey who's kind of a big asshole, like a asshole with a capital a like this guy is a dick uh and he's like a a business guy like rich me 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 type of dude but he also has like deep-seated uh issues from his childhood then we have a a a blind girl who can see or you know kind of see like in her head what other people are seeing and hear stuff really well uh and she kind of has she has like uh the gift of sight even though she can't see basically uh she she sees uh like kind of foreshadows things uh and then you know you have your other group of people and stuff and they it's kind of a time travel film as well uh they as they kind of unravel the mystery you learn a little bit more and more uh i will say that this one's lacking on the horror a little bit It, it really focuses on the mystery and I will say that even though the length of the film is, I, I believe, like three hours long, it, uh, it it kind of does a bad job at times developing the characters. Uh, you can tell that there was definitely probably some more character development uh, in the story of the Langoliers from Stephen King, of course, the Stephen King film. But I really, really like the eeriness and this, uh, like, the world that they're in now is like lacking sound and lacking wind and lacking taste and lacking everything that kind of makes uh, things what they are. And I, I love that about the film. It has this very weird and eerie atmosphere and you don't really know what the hell's going on. Once you find out what's going on, uh, it's a little wonky. It's like, uh, okay, I guess I'll buy it. But it's it, it kind of does take the film down a couple notches and – this has some of the worst CGI I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, I remember <laughs> literally, that. <laughs> literally, this has like some of the, the it might be the worst. Like mm. it is awful, but I like the ideas in this film. Uh, I just don't know if they were executed as well as they could have been. I, I, you know what? When people ask me like what films I would like to see re- remade, maybe the Langoliers could use a remake. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good candidate for that actually. Because it's not a super strong film, although I do like it personally. I know that it has problems, but there's just something about these group of passengers who wake up on this plane and they don't know where they are or what's going on or like what 
time it is. It, it's just an odd sort of interesting idea um, that I I could see really working if uh, handled a little bit better. I, I want to say like Tom Holland wrote this or something. Uh, but overall, uh, <clears throat> The Langoliers is about a 7 out of 10. I might be going a little bit high on that one, but uh, I, I just enjoy it for its its mis- mystery and and mm. stuff like that. It does have a terrible ending that ends on like a cheesy-ass freeze frame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I like it, man. I don't know. What do you what do you think about it? I know you've seen it before. What do you think about it? Man, I actually haven't watched it in such a long time. I would really have to go back and revisit it to give it a, like an honest uh, you know, opinion on it. But I do remember the CG in that film being fucking so bad. Honestly, it's probably worse than you remember it. Yeah, it probably I mean, if it's bad back in those days, <laughs> it probably looks like horrendous now. So, yeah, I don't know. I remember I remember liking it, you know, for the most part, but I remember really really liking the book though. Oh, uh, really? I've never read <clears> the book. But the, now, did you um do you own this? Yeah, I do. Alright, yeah. Because it, it did go out of print because I seen it on TV when I was a kid and I really liked it back then. Um, I knew it had problems and stuff, but I just liked the mystery of it. And then it, I wanted to grab it on DVD, but it was out of print. But it, it just got, recently got re-released and you actually can find them in Walmarts now. That's where I got yeah. my copy. So definitely definitely check it out. It's, it's, it's worth a watch for sure. Uh, maybe do it in segments because it is three hours. Do it like as if it was a miniseries, like airing. Watch the first uh, part of the part of it. You know, the first half of the film one night, and then the second half the next night. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I actually have the original release of it, but I've seen the the re release in uh, Walmart and stuff. I should probably pick up the stand. <laughs> I don't. I never picked up the original release of it, so I oh, got really? that re release. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the stand in years, but I should grab that too. <clears throat> yeah, it's a bit dated, but it's it's <clears throat> yeah. Cool. All right, so next film I want to talk about here is from 1996. Uh, it's an Italian film released by Synapse Films, and it's uh, called Fatal Frames. Um, yeah, this one right here basically follows your main character. His name is Alex. He is an American uh, video maker. He shoots videos for, for music artists and stuff. Um, he gets this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Uh, this Italian uh, promoter comes over to new york and basically tells him that uh that his newest pop sensation wants him to shoot her brand new video pop sensation her name is uh stephanie stella she's like italy's biggest thing kind of thing anyways she likes his work and she wants him to shoot his new video um basically giving him about a hundred thousand dollars for about 10 days work and of course he's like well fuck you know it's obviously awesome so he accepts a job Goes over to Italy, starts working on this uh, on this video and whatnot. Um, right after he gets there, he actually witnesses a murder, and uh, so of course he does the right thing. He calls into the police and whatnot. The police show up to where the murder happened, and there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. There's no body. There's no blood. There's no evidence. There's no nothing. There's no witnesses. Anything but him. So the police start questioning him. They're like, "Well, what the fuck, man? Like you saw, you said you saw like a bloody murder. Where's the blood? Like where's the evidence and stuff?" And he's he's really confused too. Um, one thing he did notice about the killer though is that the killer actually videotapes his murders and stuff. 
Um, so the police start really kind of questioning Alex's, uh, you know, even sanity. And they actually get to the point where they think that he's the killer himself because, you know, this happens a couple more times. He, Alex witnesses, you know, some murders and stuff like that. And there's nothing. There's no evidence and, and all that type of shit. Now the cops are getting really frustrated with them. And, of course, Alex is getting really frustrated with the police because he says, you know, he's trying to defend himself. He's like, I'm not fucking lying. I've been seeing these murders. Sooner than later, the police actually kind of do figure out that, you know, this killer is videotaping these killings and whatnot and stuff. So it's basically like this huge kind of like slasher giallo. It's like it's like more of like a modern giallo type film. Um, and, you know, it's basically the stops is your film. It keeps happening. And, and you know, it's the police investigations. You're very typical type giallo and stuff like that. Um, this is a pretty interesting film. Now, it's not for everybody. Uh, if you do really, really like Italian cinema, I would definitely recommend that you watch this one. Um, what separates this movie from, you know, a lot of older giallos and stuff, it's the way it's shot. This movie is shot so low lit. Um, it's got very little light in it and it's very blue and gray and it's, it's very eerie. It creates a very awesome atmosphere throughout the whole film. Um, and it, it definitely does feel like an authentic Italian film throughout the whole thing. Another really cool element to this film is the soundtrack. Uh, not only do you have the music of this, you know, the sensation or this pop sensation, but you have like this really eerie kind of score to the film too. And it's like completely opposite than the music that's playing. So it really kind of, it, it adds like this pop kind of feel, but then really dark and dreary feel to it too. It's, it's really unique actually. Um, so many cool things about this movie actually, but, uh, you know, the overall, structure of the movie the way it plays out like i said it plays out very much like a giallo uh very much like a very heavy police investigative um story and stuff like that and a lot of paranoia from alex and and whatnot but it does it, it really does work you know i think the kills and i i think the whole videotaping thing is a little gimmicky but um it does work for this type of movie actually um it actually works quite a bit for what they were doing but <laughs> The fucking main problem with this movie is the ending is fucking horrible. The ending, oh, it brings this movie down so bad. It, it's such a huge cop out. Like when, like what you find out at the end, it's just like, oh my god, it's such a letdown. It's such a major, major letdown. Now this is an interesting film because it's very unknown. You know, to a lot of people, but it has a lot of interesting appearances in this. It has the great Donald Pleasance in this movie. This is nice. Donald Pleasance's very, very last film he ever appeared in. Um, this is actually right before he died. Uh, he plays, um, he's got a pretty minor character. He plays like a doctor in the film. Um, it's got a couple different scenes with Angus Scrim in it, which Whoa. is very, which is very cool too. And What's this film called again? Fatal Frames. And, uh, it's got a pretty big role by Leanna Quigley's in it too. And, you know, David Warbeck's in the film. Also, he's uh, from The Beyond, one of my favorite movies of all time. You know, an Italian actor that always shows up in all these Italian films kind of thing. So, um, but it's got a pretty interesting cast. But like I said, the way this movie is shot is so fucking unique, man. Like when you watch it, you're just like, holy shit. Um, if you, JP, if, if you don't, uh, if you want to look up the cover of this movie, it, it'll give you a very good indication of what the actual movie looks like. The cover does a really good job of what it actually looks like. Um, so 
very, very low lit blue and great. I, I love the atmosphere in this film, but like I said, it was very enjoyable. It took a little bit to get into the movie because it was kind of playing out like a very kind of slow giallo and stuff. But once it gets going, it gets you intrigued because you really do want to find out what the fuck is going on because it doesn't lead you one way or another kind of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, the ending though, man. Oh no, it, it's bad. It's really, really bad. And I was so disappointed. I really wanted to give this one. I was like really enjoying it. Like I said, it took a minute to get into it, which was interesting for me because I usually get drawn to telling films so easy, but you know, in the middle, it was kind of good. And then the ending happened. I was like, what the fuck? Even the whole, the whole build up to the end was awesome. And then it's like, damn, you just punched me right in the ball sack right there. You just dropped me. Um, but, you know, overall, it was still really fun. Like I said, it's definitely for major, major Italian fans, you know, because you know what you're going to get with it. Um, so if I had to rate this one, I am still going to give it a pretty decent rating because of everything, kind of the uniqueness of the movie. Uh, I'm, I'll give it about a 7 out of 10 for it. So, All right. Yeah. So do you have a pick of the week? Um, I actually do have a pick of the week. Um this is uh, brand new and the very first Blu-ray release by Massacre Video. It's the brand new Adam Albrandt video uh, movie called The Cemetery. Um, I believe this was released last, not released last year, it was shot last year. It came out obviously this year in 2014. Um, this is a really awesome release by Massacre Video. It's a four-disc Blu-ray DVD set. Um, it's numbered. <laughs> These are limited edition to a thousand. They're actually come hand numbered. I got number 266, which is really cool. Um, if you're not familiar with Adam Albrandt's work, he did a movie called Crossbear last year that, or was it last year or two years ago? But it was, it was, you know, stirring up a lot of uh, buzz and stuff like that too. So I was really looking forward to seeing this. I still have yet to see Crossbear. Um, I just haven't been able to find just, it's, it's really hard to get a copy for cheap. You know, I just don't want to spend like 40 bucks. So, so I was really looking forward to this because he was getting a lot of buzz and whatnot. I, uh, anyways, this movie, The Cemetery, basically starts out with a backstory. It's kind of given your, um, uh, your history of the story, uh, from like the mid 1600s or whatnot. It's about all these people that were getting killed off by these priests and stuff like that. Basically, the story is, is that, um, a bunch of people back in like the mid 1600s got like possessed. And what it is is that these priests, they didn't, they couldn't deal with it. They didn't know how to like exercise these people and whatnot. So, the, their way of dealing with these possessed people was just to kill them. They basically slaughtered women, children, men, and like like a whole shitload of people and whatnot. And it became kind of like an urban legend, you know, throughout time and stuff. Like, did these priests actually really just murder people or were these people actually possessed and whatnot? So it kind of gives you this brief backstory to it. Then it gets into the story. It's basically about um, these five people. They're kind of like paranormal investigators or they're very cynical type people and whatnot. And um, so what they do is they set out to the bush to go find the cemetery. It's like located in this very remote area, of course, like in the middle of a forest. And um, so, of course, they get out there and they find the cemetery and they set up camp right on the cemetery. And not sooner than later, you know, some of the people start getting possessed by these evil spirits and shit like that. And it kind of turns into like a possession film out in the forest and, and whatnot. Um I really, really enjoyed this movie, man. It was fantastic. Uh, at first, I wasn't really too sure how I felt about it. Um, I got about, about, you know, roughly about a half an hour into the movie. The backstory was very quick and 
you know, there was some odd kind of moments in the beginning of the film that were kind of quirky. And I was like, okay, you know, I thought this movie was supposed to be kind of more straight face and stuff. Um, but those moments got, I got over them really quick. It wasn't really an off put or anything. The one thing about this movie that did kind of infuriate, not infuriate me, it's kind of extreme, but did kind of throw me off a little bit was the soundtrack itself. The soundtrack is like death metal music, but I found that it didn't really work for the type of movie. I think if you had to use more of a just eerie soundtrack and, you know, like when you're out in the bush and, you know, some demons like ripping somebody apart and all of a sudden like death metal starts kicking in, you're like, what? <laughs> I don't know, man. It was kind of throwing me off at times, but, uh, Besides the soundtrack, I think this movie was actually played out pretty well. Like I said, you know, there's moments in the beginning where you're like, ah, okay, is this movie going to, you know, play out like a horror comedy? But once they get to the bush, it really doesn't. It's actually played pretty straight face, which is awesome. I thought the effects in this film were fucking fantastic. Great, great gore effects, man. Really great gore effects, man. I couldn't stress that enough. Really good stuff. Uh, Really awesome kills and stuff like that. Um, but I really liked, you know, how they utilized a very, very low budget, you know, shot in this kind of remote area, but it really worked. Good cinematography. Um, you know, the dialogue at times is kind of like, it is what it is, right? It's not like overly the greatest, but it keeps you intrigued. But I really do like the the whole idea of them trying to figure out, you know, the, the real history behind the these murders and stuff like that. And I like the setting and everything. It's pretty cool. But I do highly recommend The Cemetery. I thought it was fantastic. If you like, you know, demon possession, not it's more of a demon film, really. You know, these people get actually, like, you know, possessed and they start going fucking buck wild crazy and shit in the, in the forest. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely give this a shot. This has been released on DVD now. So you can pick up the DVD. It's a double disc from Master Video. So it's a lot cheaper than this one. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of disappointed a little bit because I didn't know what the soundtrack was going to be like. And the, the fourth disc in this actually is the soundtrack. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I mean, I can listen to the music, you know, by itself. I just found that the soundtrack was a little, little much for the film and it just kind of took me out of it at times. Do you ever have that problem, JP, when you're watching a movie and you feel like the music completely doesn't fit with what you're watching? Uh, yeah, I've had it a few times. I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, when it happens is when it's like a really like, like, uh, like screamo or like super metally stuff that I don't really get into. It kind of takes me out a bit. Well, that's exactly what this was. You know, it was, you know, there's scenes in it and all of a sudden it's just like, and I'm like, holy fuck. Like, I mean, to be honest, I really do like metal and like stuff like that, but for in certain movies i find that some people like some directors and stuff they're like you know everyone that loves horror movies loves death metal music i've got to throw this crazy death metal music into the film and i'm like it's not really the case i just found it didn't work because it's like they're in the they're in this remote forest and all of a sudden this fucking like crazy double kick fucking growling starts coming out of nowhere i'm like what the fuck <laughs> i'm like it's just i don't know man so that's one minor flaw to the film you know, it, it does happen a bunch of times and stuff, but overall, really, really enjoyable film. I think, uh, I think a lot of people out there really enjoy this. Um, I had someone ask me actually, I think it was Zach. He asked me if this was a shot on video film. It's not shot on video. It's, you know, it's shot, you know, low budget digitally, but it's, um, it's really well shot actually. And it looks beautiful. It looks really, really fucking beautiful on Blu-ray. I was really impressed with the, the quality of the film and, uh, the biggest, the biggest upside to this film is the effects though man it is gory <laughs> it's pretty gory uh really good stuff so seven and a half out of ten for uh the cemetery definitely peep this out um you know if you want this blu-ray get it before it's gone 
Sweet. Seven yeah. and a half, you said? Yeah, seven and a half out of ten. Um, so I, I take it you don't have any uh, quick cuts this week? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I got tons. No, obviously I don't. You know what? I'll just I'll just run off a real, real quick one. I'll actually make this quick By cuts. that, he means uh, he will not make it quick cuts. <laughs> no, no, no. I only have a couple to list off. So, Alrighty, so yeah, I got a, a couple quick cuts here that I'll get into. Uh, first up, uh, from 1977, a movie called House. Uh, everybody, well, I mean, not everybody, most people know about this film. It's a batshit fucking crazy as ghost film about this girl that goes out to her aunt's house and crazy shit starts going on in the house. Really, really fucking awesome film. I couldn't have to recommend this one enough. JP, you got to grab that criterion. Uh, I give this one about an eight and a half out of 10. Yeah, I uh, definitely next- saw that uh, criterion is one that I might pick up. Oh, fuck, dude. It's such a blast. It's such a weird movie, dude. It's hard to believe that that thing was made in 1977. Like, when yeah. you're watching it, dude, you're going to be like, what the fuck? How is this made in 1977? I've like, seen so clips weird. from it before just because of, like, how it's kind of known as being so damn out there that it's kind of hard to avoid when you're a fan of this genre to at least hear about it. Oh, yeah. It, it's definitely one that you got to see, man. It's it's bizarre. Uh, next up is a film called Dark House. Uh, I think Jeremy talked about this one on the podcast. It's uh, Victor Salva's newest film. Um, we all know him as that pedophile. Um, Dark House is a pretty interesting film. I won't go too much into it. It's basically about a guy that, you know, on his 23rd birthday, I think it's his 23rd birthday, um, gets called by his mom who's been in this asylum since, like, she was a child and stuff like that. She kind of tells him something about his father that's alive. He goes to investigate and it kind of plays out from there. It's like this, he's got this special gift where that when he touches somebody, he can actually see their death and stuff like that. So he goes to investigate because he wants to meet his father and all this crazy ass shit starts happening. Um, it's a pretty interesting premise to the film. Uh, in my opinion, it's executed at times a little poorly. Um, I did like a lot of different aspects of the film. I think it's not as bad as people are making out, but it's definitely above average. I give it about a six and a half out of 10. Um, I also watched another movie that Jeremy absolutely loves. Uh, for the first time, I finally got a copy of this, and that's of All, Hall- All Hallows Eve. Yeah. <laughs> finally watched this anthology film uh, a couple nights ago. And, um, you know, it was a little underwhelming. I have to say, Jeremy, I know this one made his uh, top ten list. Mm-hmm. I didn't overly care for this that much, to be honest. Um, there was a lot of good elements. I thought the acting was pretty good. Uh, the first short was basically about this demon that was like ripping babies out of this woman. I, you can't really get into these shorts too much, or else you just give the whole damn. Yeah, thing yeah, away. yeah. Um, but yeah, you know that's the short and long of it. The second one has got an alien, and the third one has got this creepy ass fucking clown doing this crazy ass gory slasher shit, which is by far the best short. The third one is um, awesome, and the third one actually rolls into uh, like the wraparound story. Yeah, and it actually does really work. But I find the first two shorts to be not that great at all mm-hmm. um i did but you know the third short which is kind of shot grindhousey and and goes into the wraparound story which is actually pretty cool in my opinion mm. um kind of saves the entire film and actually it's pretty well done well but, man i don't know about the first two ever since jeremy talked about this film i actually learned a little bit of a backstory on that film and the uh third short the one with the clown or whatever was actually just a short film like when the guy d- made that it was just as a short film and he went and I believe it was on YouTube or something and he took that short film and decided to create a feature length anthology around that short film mm-hmm. and maybe that's why like 
you know what? That explains a lot of the quality then because the first two are shot, you know, basically what the story is in, in the beginning of the film is that this girl go, um, is babysitting her friend's kids and one of the kids or they were out trick-or-treating and the boy finds or gets his videotape in his candy bag. So they start watching the videotape and that's how these shorts play out, right? Yeah. Um, so the first two shorts, in my opinion, were way too clean. Like if this is playing off a of VHS tape, I think that they should all kind of look like the third short, which is, you know, apparently the why this whole movie was made in the first place. That third one is very grindhouse-looking, kind of VHS quality and stuff. It's really awesome. I think the first two you can tell – are just completely different. You know, they're shot differently. They look different, everything. So, I mean, that story completely makes sense to the film now. Yeah. And, you know, the the third story is so good. You know, it's really, really good in, in how it ties into the wraparound story and stuff. But fucking makes a lot of sense, man. What would you rate it? Uh, I give it about a six and a half. You know, like I said, the acting was pretty good. And I really enjoyed the third short and to the wraps, wraparound story. Fucking saved that movie, man. Um, I think Jeremy did say that the second short wasn't very good though i think which, he i think he did too i think he was mainly championing the uh the uh clown short or whatever but he did give all hollows eve a eight out of ten holy shit crazy yeah so i give it about a six and a half you know i mean as a whole film eh, doesn't really work too well for me but I mean, I, I do loosely recommend it, though. Right. And uh, last up for the quick cuts is Dolls, Screen Factory's Blu-ray release uh, from 1987. Basically about a bunch of people that all kind of end up at this house in the woods with the with this creepy old couple. Um, you've got these real nasty parents and their, their little cute daughter. They're real fucking nasty to her. you got a couple hitchhikers and then you got like a business guy. Um, they all get kind of stranded out in this uh, uh, storm, and then they these old people take them all in. And these, of course, these old people they make dolls, and these dolls walk and talk and do crazy shit. Start picking them off one by one. Um, I, everybody knows dolls. I guess you've never seen dolls, have you? Mm-mm. Uh, I love dolls. I love dolls. Everything about dolls. It's got great atmosphere. The dolls kick ass. The characters are stupid. <laughs> the kills are awesome. I don't know, man. Everything about dolls is just fantastic to me. But I will say the Blu-ray transfer is fantastic. It does look really good. Um, you know, it's got lots of features and stuff. But I give Dolls a 9 out of 10. Whoa. Definitely check it out. I love Dolls. It's great. It's my favorite killer doll film of all time. Awesome. All righty. So that is going to do it for the What We Watch portion and the quick cuts for this week. Um, so getting into the main review or the main feature – the featured, featured review. The featured review. Yes, that's what we'll call it. The featured review. Um, this is another Screen Factory release. Uh, I think originally this movie came out in 2011. Am I right, True JP? that. In Colombia. In Colombia. It's a Colombian film, which is very interesting. You know, you don't see a lot of horror films come out of Colombia. Um, but yeah, this one just been newly released by Screen Factory, and it is called The Squad. Um. JP, do you want to give the synopsis on this one? Okay, so The Squad from 2011, released on video in 2014, courtesy of Scream Factory. After losing contact with a military base, a high mountain unit is sent to investigate. Upon arrival, they find only a woman in chains behind a wall. Isolation and the impossibility of escape serve to undermine the soldier's judgment. That is an IMDb description, by the way. 
Well, that works. That works. <laughs> okay, man. So what what did you think? What is your <laughs> let me let me ask you this? I'm what fucking, was your I'm, first impressions on the squad? Your okay. very first impressions. My very first impressions from this film. Um, I actually the very first time I looked at the clock was about 15 minutes into it. And I I said to myself, I was like, wow, this the beginning of this movie is it's very patient. It's very it's very patient with itself. But the problem is for me is that the patient part of the film never got aggressive. <laughs> you know what I'm it's, saying? It's funny this movie because, stays uh, the you... same mode the entire <laughs> film. There is nothing to this, man. I was like, holy fuck. You know what? We'll get into it it, definitely because I 100% agree with it. But I I thought it was funny because you, you, uh, you text me and was like, was like, holy crap! Look at the runtime. And I was like, I was already uh, almost done watching it, and I was like, spoiler alert! It drags. (laughs) I was at the 40 minute mark, and I was like, dude, I'm at the 40 minute mark, and this movie is slow. It is very slow. Slow. And and you're, you know, that is like probably the best point you can possibly make is it starts out slow and it never goes aggressive like that you said that perfect because that's absolutely right there's long lingering shots with too much silent time it mm -hmm. is seriously just it's 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 almost to like awkwardly long lingering shots at mm-hmm. times um i will say though right away when the film starts and they kind of get to where they're going the soldiers that is i thought the setting of this thing was amazing and i thought i was going to be in for something like fantastic oh. because the atmosphere and the actual setting like like just the trenches and the the fog and like the hilltop like i thought it looked truly amazing i was like wow this is beautiful well, yeah, man, I completely agree. I love the opening setting in this film. And, you know, it's just, it's very, it's very ominous. And the atmosphere oh, was awesome with great word, you know, and it's, you know, um, the fog and the atmosphere and like the silent, it really does work in the beginning of the film. You're like, holy shit, man. Like, this I is... thought I was watching like a John Carpenter film at the, yeah. at the beginning, you know, like even when they go into the like the bunker area with like the blood everywhere, like I was like, this is the thing. This this feels like yeah. the thing right now. You know, some of the positives to the film are, you know, in my opinion, I think it really does have a really good score to the film. It does fit. It's very like ominous. It, it, again. Yeah, it really does. The score helps the uh, the the what, the visuals very well uh, with mm. the fog and, and that ominous tone. Uh, the, and the the director didn't pull any punches with it. He never tried to jump scare. He never really did anything. He just kind of created an atmosphere that really did work. It was a very somber atmosphere. You know, it was, you know, it was so like, it was almost like tone deaf, you know, it was just like there, you Uh know? And, but the problem is, is that that atmosphere, that tone never changes throughout the film. You need a buildup. This movie needed to go somewhere, and it never did. Well, I, I honestly will say that I, I thought there was – towards the end of the film, I thought that there was a pretty effective emotional death. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, do I have a feel bit like by the point, you don't care anymore. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's that's actually one of the, you know, the, the cons to this film for me is – 
you know, there's a lot of time for character development in this film, and you do learn little bits about the characters, but it's it's not enough to care about them well, overly that much. You know what? I was actually going to point out that, like, you're right. We do learn a little bit, but it still feels like we never get to really know the soldiers. Uh, mm-hmm. We never get to be invested in them. There's too much downtime, which there's not a lot of 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 talking which there should be because there's so much downtime there should be more uh character stories characters talking to each other characters telling backstories telling stories telling uh you know showing off their personality through these uh you know soldier talk right Uh, there's Mm -hmm. a lack of conversation and that's just the beginning because there's an also a lack of individuality i felt like these characters weren't uh, individual enough. I couldn't tell them apart. Now, it being a foreign film doesn't, you know, lend any favors to that because, um, you know, the the voices are harder to recognize, like uh, distinctions and voices and stuff like that. But I, I really felt like like these were not individual enough. I felt like these characters were hard to tell apart, and I, I couldn't really get a grasp on like like who's this guy, who's that guy. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I think I think one of the main main issues with this movie is that it doesn't really know where it wants to go or what it wants to a- accomplish. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, I understand these people are basically secluded. They're in this desolate area. They can't get out of there. They have no communication with anybody, and they're wondering like who this who this girl is or who's this lady that's all tied up and shit like that. Is she a witch? Is she responsible for what happened there? You know, so. Everyone's kind of like questioning it. The paranoia is starting to kick in. But then the movie kind of moves away from, you know, the aspect of this potential witch knocking them off one by one. And it basically turns into a battle of, you know, paranoia. And, you know, it becomes a struggle between the soldiers. And that's really what it is. It kind of totally gets away from the whole witch aspect. And, and, and then you get a final glimpse of it, like in the end of the film, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't really know where it wants to go. I, I, I mean, I understand that like, you're probably going to go a little crazy in the, in the one character that's completely fucking paranoid as shit. Like everybody is bad. Everyone's part of the fucking Taliban, you know, or whatever the fuck it is. Right. Yeah. You know, but they get away from the whole witch thing and like, like, where is this going? I just wanted it to go. I wanted to explore that witch aspect or what yeah. actually happened at this area. Like why well, they're well, there. That's they're actually there what I was going to point out yeah. is that, um, you know, one thing back what I was saying, the, the individuality thing, I, like the way you do that is by um, – telling stories having backstories doing that but what you were saying about uh the you wanted to know more about what happened there like Mm -hmm. that is another thing backstory gives some sort of invest like not i don't mean like investigation as in like ghost like like a ghost movie or something but like like poke around go into different rooms find a bloody something you know like Mm -hmm. watch they should have watched john carpenter's the thing before they made this film because i feel like these films are similar in terms of this film's trying to capture that that tone and feeling that paranoia but they never really get going with it and they never really know how to appropriately uh structure well that, the that's the thing story. because they completely focus on the character's isolation and the paranoia that's coming from their isolated situation right you know but they 
and that's what it kind of turns into. Like I said, they totally don't get into, you know, that whole reason of why they're there. You know, they're there. You know, this woman obviously has something to do with it, but then it totally focuses on something else. I, I, I just think the direction was just, it was a little wishwashy there. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, and it sucks too, because like when you're these characters, you know, even though you don't know much about them and stuff, I have to say that the, the performances by the characters were very authentic. I thought the acting was yeah, really well no, done in no. this film. And that's what I was talking it's about. Kind of a sh- about that it's one kind of a emotional shame. death. I thought that that was like, if you would just take that scene yeah. and like remove the rest of the movie around it, like, and I just showed you that scene, you'd be like, wow, that, that's a very emotional, effective scene. Um, the problem is, like I said, you know, by that point in the film, you just are waiting for it to go over because you're like, well, like, because you're, you're, you're holding on, right? This is a film where you're waiting, you're waiting, you're like, you're like, okay, like, I'm holding on here, like, like, do something, I, it, like, you're waiting for something to, for it to escalate and, and turn into like, oh, that's what it was, like, that's yeah. why everything was so slow, but like, that never happens, and um, I, it, it just pains me so much because one, I was looking forward to this film, and two, it had so much going for it. Like it, I know it had all, so much potential. It really did, and it, it it like crushed me when I realized that like I know you, I, like, you get to that certain point where you're like we're in way too deep now. There's no turning back. Like you you can't you can't redeem yourself anymore because it's it's like it's you late know, into the film right now. The movie really kind of like it loses a lot because you know the the whole tone and the whole pacing of it never really changes but you know it loses a lot of steam like basically when they kind of go into the building and stuff and it never really recovers from that you know seeing those outside shots and stuff like yeah. the stuff that's in like the first you know quarter of the film is really really beautifully shot um a lot of maybe a little too much up close shots of the characters and stuff they didn't really pull mm-hmm. back you didn't get to see a lot of like you know wide shots of like that you know the the actual setting but they really disintegrate that when they go into the building and never really get back out there until like the very end and stuff and it's just it kind of feels like you know, I, I mean, it does work for the isolation portion of the film. You know, the, the way the director of film or the cinematographer shot this film, everything is really close up. You know, you, you ever know, did you notice that in the film? Like every oh, conversation, yeah, every shot, like I definitely the camera noticed. is right in their face, like in, in every shot, which I understand why they do that because they're isolated. They're very contained. Yeah. They're stuck where they are. It makes sense to shoot like that, but it's kind of like, well, I don't know, man. It comes from what you going. said earlier, and it is what what was the purpose of this film? What was they trying to do? Was they trying to make this paranoid story where these characters turn on each other, or they you know do this, or was they trying to make this witch film, or what? Like, I I truly feel like there was not a uh, determined, uh, predetermined decision to to where to take this film like it feels like they wanted to combine a few things and maybe they thought they knew where they wanted to take it but they definitely didn't execute it uh because yeah it it really doesn't like what like ask yourself like what was the purpose of this story and and you know that's what i question about the film you know like i said they didn't really know what they were going with this you know the paranoia or the struggle between the because soldiers cool or the, the witch if you deal. just do that if you just do the the john carpenter's the thing uh the paranoia type story like you have enough uh tools and uh the setting works great for this but it feels like they never really went full on board with that or they never really went full on board with well, the others the witch story know, either 
that leads me to my next point. It's like this movie to me kind of feels like a horror film, you know, dis- or it's like a drama disguised as a horror film. Yeah, and I was going to say that too that it's it's absolutely lacking in horror. Like because of the whole it, elements the where they give is, you this idea of the of the witch and stuff, but then they, they never execute anything on it. Like they never show anything. It's like what the fuck is going on and it's like it just seems like such a wasted opportunity. I think if they had a focused a little more or maybe a little less on the, you know, the paranoia and the, you know, the isolation. See, but and, I you know, find that going scary crazy. as well. Like, I no, no, find... no, it does. I, you know, there's elements of that that do work. But I think, you know, because they keep bringing up, like, who the fuck is this? And she did all this stuff. And then it just doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, I almost feel like I would have liked that film better, though. Like, I I think that the... Uh... Well then, don't give me that witch aspect then. Yeah, that's you know, what I'm like, saying. Just, that was the just problem. leave that shit out of there. That then, was the you know? problem. It, but they never really ran with the paranoia aspect either, and that is the problem too. Because like I would have rather seen that film, but not this way because they didn't do it right. They, they, there wasn't enough build up. There wasn't enough high pressure situations to to. There's really... absolutely the slowest buildup ever that doesn't even it doesn't even get to the point where it can like explode you know yeah. well the like, thing I, is when you do the so slow buildup it has to be a pressure cooker right there has to be yeah, yeah. pressure with the slowness and there's yeah. no pressure here it, it just you don't really ever feel feel it happening it's just like seeming I mean, to see tension very long and lingering scenes yeah. man i mean the tension in the film is basically yourself you know, you're watching this film and you're getting all tense. You're like, fuck, man, I just want something to happen. But, you know, to be honest, you really just want the one character to get fucking killed. Yeah. Because he's such an asshole, man. And you're just like, fuck. And, and you kind of lose where I think at, at one point in the film they were trying to go towards this witch aspect. But then it totally focuses on this isolation and all this crazy shit. And you're just like – but I think the ending of the film is a total, is a total shit show though because – <laughs> what the fuck is that? That's you. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, like the very end scene in the film. You know what I'm saying? Like you're gonna put that into there, but it never really focuses. I don't know, man. I just, I had, I had issues with that. I don't know how you feel about it, but I think the very last shot in the film was just like, really, that's what we get. Yeah, you know. I, the very last shot definitely I was like oh wow but you know I, I like the idea of the squad you know like um, I like these films like Dog Soldiers and Predator to a certain extent and even um, what was the film The Outpost uh, these are these are solid like, I felt that this movie was kind of trying to be like Outpost a little bit you know a little bit completely different storyline obviously and stuff like that but it, there was elements in the film that just kind of reminded me of outpost so much mm-hmm. i actually thought about that <clears throat> but you know and this was the one like for me i thought this was going to be the one to do it how like i've always had these ideas for the the like military or like a squad a platoon of of soldiers and like it, i thought this was going to be it but like I I I really want to see more of these type of films. Just that they they gotta really know what they're gonna do with the characters in the story because it, it, this is honestly a frustrating film for me because there was so much that I liked about it. You know the score and the I I think it has like 
honestly some of the better atmosphere that I've seen as of late, and it's just all wasted. And the, the <clears> setting, <throat> I, I was in love with that setting. I was like amazed. I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be so awesome. Yeah, the uh, the scene where the where they're actually outside in that really thick fog and they start firing that shit, that was fucking crazy. Because mm-hmm. like, man, you put yourself into that position and you're like, fuck, it's kind of scary, man. It's eerie because you already don't know what the hell's going on. You know, and you can't see anything. I, I really like that scene. I thought that was good. It was good. You know, I, I just felt that this film could have worked better as a short film. I mean, obviously, in my well, opinion, well, this well, movie the, was way up. too long. This movie well, was way too long. That's so obvious, too. And I, I don't know how somebody wouldn't have, have like intervened and was like, look, we got to trim this thing. Like, I, I honestly feel like you could have lost 20 minutes easy. Easy 20 minutes. You could have lost 30 minutes in this film. Yeah, like, there's so much you could have cut out of this, man. Would it, it have still been made better? It maybe it maybe yeah. would have been uh, better. Like it. <sighs> I mean, this movie runs 110 minutes. You know, that's a long fucking movie. What happens? What happens? Exactly. Like that's what I'm saying. Like what? What? Like <laughs> I know, I know exactly. With that saying, long of a movie, it's like it's like if I was telling if somebody asked me like, well, what all happens in it, and I'm like, well, it, it's really atmospheric. Like <laughs> this is the whole movie is really style over substance. It, it's kind of weird because this movie almost has like so much atmosphere and and things kind of going for it, but it, it it almost dilutes the entire film. This is what you get when you watch it. You watch a nice setting with a good atmosphere, and that's all you get. It dilutes everything else that is actually in there or supposed to be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it, it just doesn't really – it doesn't offer anything else up. You know, I just – I never – I don't even remember last time I watched a movie that just had this no buildup like yeah. at all. You know, it's so crazy to watch a movie like that, but – I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I, really. I honestly don't have a whole lot more to say about it. If you'd want to throw out your rating, um, yeah, I don't really have a lot to say about it either. I mean, I think we covered pretty much everything. Um, I mean, like I said, it was just such a shame. I just wish I, I wish there was something there at the end. It's so disappointing. So disappointing. Um, everything looks so authentic, though. Like the the costume, everything looked good in this movie. They did yeah. a really good job you know, production value to it, but it's just, you got to develop it more, man. You got to have something there. You got to give something back to the viewer. I did. In the end of the film, film had over a dollar budget. Yeah. You know, I just, it sucks because I just felt so ripped off by the end. I was like the fuck I just sat through, you know, a hundred and, you know, an, an hour and 10 film or, you know, almost a two hour film. I mean, and fuck got nothing. So, I don't know. Um, you know, with all the good qualities of the film, there is like a lot of good things. Like I said, the score was good, really good atmosphere. You know, there's a lot of things that are going for this great acting, great setting, a lot of good stuff. But, you know, even with all those things that I love in films, you still have to deliver, you know, a solid story and you need a good ending. And film like this, you need a good ending. You know, this is this type of movie. I honestly is all don't about- even think a ending could have like really done much. Like I don't even know how you would you I don't even know how you would make a, an amazing ending to save like that long of 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 nothing. Yeah, I, I know. But I mean I'm just saying like in general, this type of movie needs a good ending. Yeah. You know? So maybe some editing. <laughs> this movie definitely needed some trimming, uh oh, for, for sure. sure. Um, you know, with all the good things and stuff, I mean I guess 
I, I can't really recommend this film. You know, it's so hard, but I can't give it like a really shitty low rating either because there's a lot of good things about it. Um, I'm just going to give it a five out of ten, man. Yeah. See, you know what the the thing is, I was debating on my rating because, I mean. I take into account the atmosphere and setting and cinematography and score like that. That is all top notch in this film. It's actually above. It's it's way above yeah. standard, right? I, I do mean, agree. I do it, agree. It's, yeah, it's actually pretty damn good. But the thing is, to me, you have to like you have to have those other things that that matter like story and pace <laughs> and yeah, uh, pace. you know especially story in a film like this it's slow like if you're having a slow burn you have to have a story because then it's nothing because you know if if you have <laughs> I, <clears throat> bottom line this film is absolutely a five out of ten it's as average as it comes because you cannot recommend it and it is good enough to where you can't give it below a five because it has way above standard uh you know technical features mm-hmm. yeah I, i'm glad that we're on the same page on that one because you know it's it just it's such a shame i'm so disappointed by this movie right now mm-hmm. i just wanted something out of it you know and i was like fuck there's so much potential and oh wow i haven't been this disappointed in a film in a long time actually yeah, because you know. you know me, even I was I was like excited to review this one for a while because you know, mm-hmm. like when I seen the cover art and I was like the squad, like I love those type of films, like that idea, and mm-hmm. I was like I actually heard some good things about it, and I I believe even um, Dread Central has a quote on the cover that says you know like a, a real high praise quote, and I was like I was like all right, all right, let's see what's going on here. This looks like it's gonna be a hit. Well, you know what their quote says? It says, they give it four stars, actually. It says, remarkably atmospheric and well-crafted horror film. Well, I agree. I with agree remark- with both of those statements, actually. I mean, you know, well, I guess I mean, craft kind of has to I don't be the think it, package. I don't think the well-crafted horror film is, is yeah. you know legitimate i don't even know if i technically... agree with horror <laughs> well that's the thing it's it's like a drama film disguised as a horror film kind of um you know i don't know the are they rating out of 10 <laughs> no i think that's probably like their five star rating or whatever yeah four out of five is pretty fucking i mean that's equivalent to like eight out of ten for us it's crazy um yeah i don't know man i, I agree five out of ten overwhelming very 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 underwhelming. Wow, I was I oh so disappointed in this one. That sucks, but yeah. Alrighty, so I guess that's gonna do it for episode thirty-two of the twenty-two shots of moods and horror. Uh, generally, I would give it to uh, Jeremy right now so he could, you know, ring off all of our websites and phone numbers and all that type of stuff. But this week he is not here with us, as you probably noticed for the last couple hours. <laughs> So we are not going to do this this week. All the links will be down below in the well, video or on podcast. I'll give out a few links real quick just because okay. I know them. So obviously check out the face group page. That's how you can get in contact with us. That's where we're most active. Uh, the YouTube channels, Mood616, DoubleShotJ, NESRoller22. The voicemail. Hit up the voicemail, guys. Why are you guys being so scared of the voicemail? 724 
four two six. Well, because one person six. left a message and got their head torn off. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> I guess a, a little bit, but you know, we was little unsure about the context of the voicemail, but it's all sorted out now. So that voicemail number is once again 724-426-6665. Definitely hit that up, guys. Um, we might even have to do a contest for the voicemail just to get some more people uh, unafraid of, of hitting that up. Of course, the brand new 22shotsofmoodsandhorror.com website. Hit that up because... That's going to be awesome once we start getting some more content rolling there. You can find yeah. this episode there as well uh, as all of the other episodes. 22 Shots Podcast on Twitter. Hit us up there. And, of course, the email, which is 22shotsofmoodsandhorror at gmail.com. So uh, that is it. We are done. We are through. We are out.